and welcome to Xbox World Strongcast number 12. It is Friday the 27th of April. I am Xbox World Associate Editor Andy Hartup and I am joined today by Mike Gapper. All right. And Andrew Kelly. Hello. Uh, regular listeners of the Strongcast will note that Matt Cass isn't here. Uh, he's too busy back in the office making uh, Nintendo Gamer magazine, sadly. So um, it is the three of us today. We are covering three pretty hot topics. Uh, the first of which is the Mass Effect 3 ending. Um, just to note, there are going to be so many spoilers in this uh, in this strong cast. So if you don't want to hear any Mass Effect spoilers, uh, don't listen to the uh, Mass Effect 3 discussion. And we will uh, we will let you know when we start talking about other things. How will other we things let, how being will let Black know, Ops. Though? We'll put it, if we you look will, in the podcast description, we'll put in the time yeah. when we stop talking ah, about Mass Effect. Smart. Yeah. smart, I like that. Yeah. We may even put a little uh, track mark in so people can skip ahead. Yeah. But if you're not listening to it on the iTunes version, that might not work. And so just to clarify, for the endings, we're not so much talking about the, the furor surrounding the DLC and whatnot. We're just talk, discussing the ending itself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We are going to be saying what we thought of them, though. Okay. Let's, let's, not, let's get that straight. We, we, let's not get bogged down in the old raging... Oh, Bioware or, you know, pandering to the fans debate. No, I, I haven't printed off a massive list of comments of people whining about it. <laughs> yeah. So that's good. Um, uh, yep, we're going to talk about Black Ops 2 and then we're going to round off with what we've been playing and your reader questions. So Mass Effect 3. Spoilers begin here. So what um, what ending did everyone pick? The, um, some of us got multiple endings, but the first playthrough, what choice did we make at the end? Mike? It was a long time ago, man. Oh, come on, Mike. You must remember something about it. I, 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 I did two endings because I went and replayed it just to see yeah. how different it was and found out it went different at all. Yeah. But I picked Destroy on my first playthrough. Yeah. Because fuck them. Because <laughs> it's the Reaper. Pass the Reapers fair. have been like smashing everyone for the last like couple of games. Wrecking the galaxy. So you so the, the, the Geth and Edie and all those other synthetics you didn't give it. A- oh, they're robots. It gives a damn. Build new ones. No, that's, that's, that's no a, problem. You can't really argue with that. That's a good point. Yeah, yeah. You, can build wooden, <laughs> you can build like wooden robots like in Futurama like, uh, 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 and bend against a wooden if I, body. If I, break, if I break a blender, I chuck it out and I get a new one. Blenders aren't sentient, though. I like that point, though. Let's just rebuild them. Yeah. 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 Let's build new ones. Well, what about you, Vandy? I have to say, I, cho- I chose the same, same option as Mike uh, for a number of reasons. One of which, you know, it was Bioware's fault. They um, when when I was playing through you you uh, you do the mission on um, with the the Geth and the um, Corian fleet yeah and at the resolution of that mission you, you think you're going to be given a choice to choose between Legion or Tali yeah but I had a I had a little bit of a disaster in that bit so Tali ended up killing herself because <laughs> I didn't didn't get the Corian fleet to stop attacking the Geth but then again Legion said to me. Hey, this isn't justice. Yeah. This isn't justice. You can't wipe us out just like that. So I said, well, yeah, maybe you're right. So the Geth destroyed the Corians, and then Legion died. And all I was left with this freaking stupid long-faced Geth, like nobody, yeah. who, was, who was like, who was my reward well, Whose fault is that? It. That's not Bioware's fault. That's your fault. <laughs> well, no, there's no way to save Legion. Yeah, there is. No, there is. There's a way of getting Is there? Oh, yeah, you, yeah, no, you can't save him, but he becomes part of like this like, collective consciousness. Yeah, because he, he isn't a person. He's Legion. He's the, the guest. Yeah, his body is consciousness. consciousness. He's a person. I select him on the character select screen. <laughs> He's Legion. 
reductive so so frigging <laughs> games to your nose. You, you know, I, I, had, I had absolutely no investment in the synthetics. Like, ED was a bit contrived for me and I couldn't, what, couldn't sex, really... A sexy fembot. Yeah, I, I just couldn't, couldn't give a toss about it, to be honest. Camel toe. Yeah, I just, I found this actually quite challenging. Well, I'd, so, um, I had the same thing as you. So I, I just uh, thought, yeah. no, fuck him. Tally, uh, Tally threw herself off that mountain as well. And my place. You, you guys, are, you guys are, are crap at Mass Effect. <laughs> Seriously, no, we're just like, carving our own on, path. On now. my on my thing, like I united the Geth and the Corians. They both teamed up. At the end, Tally was like, "Oh, it's brilliant. We can all live together in harmony." Legion's go, Legion goes, "Not me. I'm going to go and join the collective consciousness." You're like, "All right, see ya, peace." He vanishes, drops dead. These other Geth come along, goes, "Hey, tell you what, we'll help you rebuild your world." Because Corian was like, "Brilliant." The only thing I'm losing by destroying all of the things at the end is Joker's girlfriend and the speedy rebuilding of the Quarian homeworld. And I'm sure they can do it on their own. Yeah. I he like says, how you, going you, back <clears throat> 20 years later and finds them all dead trying to, <laughs> trying to open a can of beans. You're like the gaming equivalent of like a ruthless dictator of like a banana republic. Like, you know, acceptable losses. We can, you know, yeah. we can, we can, you know, all this, we can sacrifice. Even banana republic as in like the state, not the shop. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, the ruthless dictator of the sh- clothing shop, banana yeah. republic. Just uh, selling, selling a nice uh, herringbone jersey <laughs> at twice the markup. Yeah. You'll pay for it because you can't get it anywhere else. I mean, look, anyone who chose anything but like destroy is a friggin' mug, and I know you did. And here's why. The, game, the, game's been, the game's been telling you for the last two games, Reapers are coming, you got to stop them. So when you get to the end, and you're like, oh, I'm not going to stop them, I'm going to be best friend. <laughs> well, no, be that, buddies with them. Well, that's the thing. I technically, the, the, I choose the, uh, you know, because the, there's three uh, paths at the end, and it's a different colour of magic space juice. Yeah. You went for the red, which was destroy. Red. I went for the blue magic space juice, which was... Um, control. Yeah, to, to control mm. the Reapers. And I went for that, because I like the idea of... When I when I played the original Deus Ex, I took the ending where JC fuses with the sort of uh, world controlling AI, mm-hmm. and I sort of done the same thing. And I just like that idea of becoming a sort of. Uh, Why didn't you choose synthesis uh, then, which is that middle one? Yeah, where... well, you know what, that wasn't available to me for some reason. Ah, the green okay. path wasn't there, and yeah. I, I've watched people playing it where all they had was the red path. So depending on depends what on I your sense, choices, yeah, yeah. And so I I, I like the idea of um, stopping the Reapers by because Shepard, like he you know he he done all he could, and I think. Because you know, if he shoots the thing, he dies. Uh, well, depending on your war assets, he will die if you take the destroy route. This route, he'd live on in the form of AI controlling the. Reapers. The only, I thought that was a little uh, bit more the only ending which gives you a cutscene where Shepard survives though is mm. the destroy ending. Oh, is it? It's the only. Basically, it's the only right ending. And I think it's their, get, it's their canon. Yeah, you have to get four thousand war assets. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's the condition. You've got to get four thousand war assets. Like that's after you. You multiply your readiness. Multiply. Yeah. Now, have you have you guys seen that video with all the, all the evidence about it being like a Reaper, Reaper control or, or alleged the, the end, evidence? Yeah, the end the ending of it being um, sort of like a Reaper influence. Yeah, as if you're as a shepherd, in, in, indo- in, in entire indoctrination. Is your indoctrination yeah. Yeah. It's compelling that I think theory, that but some compelling. of it some of it is really not compelling and really far fetched. Mm. And someone's done a great half an hour video. You might have seen where he's put all the video evidence together and done a sort of. Uh, captioned and narrating it and it's very compelling a lot of it but some of it it reminds me of that Loose Change documentary yeah. where he's just it, taking Th- a little thing and stretching yeah. it beyond Loose Change you know. is the uh, documentary about um, the events of 9-11 where it basically presents it as an inside job and when you watch nine, when you watch Loose Change about half an hour in you're like I'm, I'm where's the tinfoil I need, to, yeah, make, I need yeah. to make a hat and we need to get digging our bunker and by the time you get to the end of it you're like well 
it's such a it's such a convincing argument, and then the, you put in even half an hour's research into it. Yeah, it just collapses like a house mm, of cards. It's presented with Checkmate. this sort of a. It's got like this uh, <laughs> music, this brooding soundtrack, and a yeah. sort of stern narration that makes you think, I'm, "I'm this must be real because it's so well put it's together." It's presented with gravitas. Yeah. yeah, but then you you know, so that's what this this and the indoctrination evidence, theory the evidence is like, is like yeah. really gripping as well. You look at it, you're like, "Wow, yeah, that is interesting." Like why why they specifically chose to use those assets at that moment, yeah. and why they chose to. Have like the the voice of the child be the voice of Shepherd, like the male and female yeah. Shepherd's voices combined, and why Shepherd only survives in one of the endings. And you go through all of these things, and you think, "Wow, that really is a compelling case." And then you think, "Oh wait, no, it's not, because that means Bioware haven't ended their game yet." Yeah, it means they they literally haven't done an ending to their game. It means Shepherd's still on Earth, and he still has to finish off the Reapers. So. You've basically paid, they've they've made three games pointless. Yeah. Although, of course, some people argue they did that anyway. <clears throat> well, maybe maybe the um, maybe Bioware though will will see that that indoctrination theory is so compelling, and they'll fit the new ending DLC around it to make themselves look clever. Maybe, but there's a reason mm. like why the a new ending DLC has to be just at best like a little bit of elaboration because all they can do is build new dialogue from already cut dialogue you can't afford to get martin sheen back in the studio just to do some free dlc you can't get keith david back in the studio to do some free dlc like they're not going to do that they're just going to use the cut lines from the original script most likely you know at the end of an 80s film where uh, a comedy film where you see uh, a freeze frame from one of the members of the cast and white text looking Animal the House same. does that, right? Yeah. And they, they, Animal House does a parody of that where it's what like... What went on to do next. Yeah, it's like <laughs> this guy became a senator. It's like yeah. he's the most, like, the, the most lascivious beast on the campus, but he comes like a respected yeah. senator. And, you know, He'll do that. It could be like at the end of Top Gun where you see all their faces and they turn to the camera and grin <laughs> like what their actor yeah. name comes yeah. up. Yeah, that'd be amazing then. That's how he takes a mask off. Yeah. In all, in all seriousness, I believe the indoctrination ending theory. You, you, I honestly yeah. believe it. You're also, you, what you can't see, listeners, yeah. is that he, Andy's literally wearing a tinfoil yeah. hat. Well, you, got, you guys know, all I can see is like little black tendrils coming in from the <laughs> yeah. side of my vision. The thing about the indoctrination ending is that we know <laughs> it was intended in mm. the, um, the sort of making of Mass Effect uh, app that you can get on uh, iPhone. They talk about uh, this fourth ending, which they removed from the game, which would have been like the Shepherd's been indoctrinated. Mm-hmm. And all of the bits leading into that ending are kind of still in there, but they were deliberately left in, you know? The point is there is enough ambiguity at the mm-hmm. end that you can say, oh, yeah, maybe it is. Yeah. Indo- maybe it is indoctrinated. They've left in enough ambiguity. And that's important because that's what sci-fi is about. Sci-fi yeah. is about ambiguity. It's about asking questions, not answering them. And people are getting kind of hung up on, like, oh, yeah, it doesn't provide any answers, it doesn't provide any, like, real endings. Like, it actually provides a lot of real endings as the story goes on. And at the end, it leaves a door open, which is what sci-fi should do. You read the best sci-fi, Rendezvous with Rama, um, Hyperion, 2001 Space Odyssey. Mm. The endings of those things are open. It's like this this universe isn't done yet. It's going to keep going. More stuff's going to happen. We don't need to tell you what's going to happen next. Mm -hmm. It's it's like if uh, Ridley Scott released a half an hour follow-up to Blade Runner that really clearly explained that, yes, Deckard is a replicant. Yeah. Yeah. Or the mystery would be gone. Plus Deckard is a replicant. Yeah. To be fair, um, he did Ridley Scott pretty much did exactly that with that Channel 4 documentary yeah. of Blade Runner, mm-hmm. where the end of the documentary is going, oh yeah, he's a replicant, of course he is. Yeah. Like, well, thanks, Ridley Scott. Yeah, I know. I think it's because he's old now, he doesn't care. He's it's like, bitter, yeah. 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 But, <clears throat> I mean... But the, he is making Prometheus. 
Yeah. So, you know. Well, I think I think that complaining that at the end of Mass Effect didn't have enough validation or needing a desperate need to have things clarified is quite an unsophisticated, babyish way to approach um, uh, anything. Mm. Video games, films. Mm. You should just, you know. No, I I, I I agree with you as well. In that, I, th- I think I think the ending as it stands is is perfectly fine. Uh, it does, you know, if you subscribe to the indoctrination theory, it makes sense because, you know, you you all the, all the stuff to do with the the reapers, uh, you know, the the little kid at the end, it does make sense if you go back and look at it. You can say to yourself, yeah, it's all in his mind, and you know the way that they've built it. Why have they made it so that you, you only see Shepard alive if you've got 4,000 war assets? Well, it's probably because he's alive back on Earth and he was never up aboard the It's the, 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 the kooky um, dream sequences <clears throat> all the way through the game as yeah. well. It all kind of... So the whole, they the all whole point game was just... Uh, Shepard was just twitching on a sulfur in the men. No, 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 no. No, <laughs> no I, I, I think that he does... You know when he sort of... When he, they all charge towards that, yeah. that uh, elevator up at the end? I don't think he ever makes it there. I think he, yeah. he gets smashed up back on Earth. And all the other stuff that plays out is in his mind. Well, for better or worse, we're all we're sitting here with theories about it and discussing it, and mm. I think that's a good thing for the end of a, a series. And I, I like being left guessing. I, I love the end of The Sopranos. You know, I like mm. like Mike said, two thousand and one. Yeah. The ambiguity there, Blade Runner. Is a great Human Revolution's got uh, got four very ambiguous endings. Yeah. Even the original Deus Ex yeah. as well. Like, yeah. I, I like it, it. Challenges my intellect, and, and mm. uh, I like it when games do that. Oh, you don't want that. Who, who wants that nonsense? <laughs> who, who wants to be trouble with that? What you want is a series of uh, nice montage, series of still pictures of the characters smiling <laughs> at the yeah. camera with electric guitar playing. Electric, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> power, strong power ballad. <laughs> With a little caption right by the side of the face, and it'll say, "Oh, you know, Tali went on to become the space queen <laughs> of the Asari Empire. She lived to yeah. be 115. She had many beautiful children, and everything was okay. Everything was fine. <laughs> everything was okay. Like if you look at the um, retake mass, I'm not going to like get in there. These guys' faces. They obviously believe in what they believe. But if you look at the retake mass effect Facebook group, you said oh, we, we wanted like real resolutions and stuff. You know, like, fair enough. Okay, what what are some of those resolutions you suggest? And they mm. actually say, well, some of the possible things could be Shepard retiring. Settling down, or maybe becoming like a, a sort of an ambassador for so banal, like, isn't oh it? Oh <laughs> God! Like if that's if that's your solution, just let it be your solution in your head. Yeah, yeah. Because my solution's gonna be cooler. Trust me, I'll come up with something <laughs> yeah. better. I'm sure Bioware would too. Shepard in, in retiring behind a desk. No way. <laughs> no way. Well, I'll tell you what, it was all resolved with Tali in my game. Resolved yeah, to the top I, of a waterfall. Yeah, she her, her plot ended at the bottom of a cliff. <laughs> And a pile of shattered the hazmat suit. <laughs> so, do you think that by agreeing to either change the ending with this DLC or explain it in mind-numbing detail, you know, like you know, you know, at the end of, of Lord of the Rings when it, the film just won't oh, bloody end endings. because they've got about five endings. <laughs> yeah. That's what we're going to end up with. <laughs> there's if, a, if there's they have an amazing part like of that. the ending where it just it fades to black, and you're like. Okay, I'll, 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 I'm off, and it's like no, no, it's not done. And then there's another half hour yeah. of movie. Like you know that when that sucks. you know when that movie ended when they were lying on, on the, the rock. friggin' rock, yeah, yeah. and the birds mm. were flying in, yeah. and you're like, oh, they're saved. Credits. Yeah. But no, it's like oh, they're on the no. boat to elf, elf, elf space. And he's doing this, and oh look, they're married. Isn't it good? And all because look. all the way through the three movies, they made really smart choices about what to cut. Yeah. The fans were outraged. They cut Tom Bombadil. 
He had to go. It was bullshit. It's a, he, it's, he sings it's, every line, doesn't he? Oh, it's a, just a, it's a lengthy <laughs> chunk of book which really had no impact on the story, and they kind of wrote around it. It's, it's much, you know, it's a more concise movie without it. You, you don't want to make the movie five hours long. You want snap to your movies, and they they told the story they needed to tell. Mm. Until that ending, until they got to the end, they were like, you know how the book ends like 40 times? Let's just do that. <laughs> That's, that'll be awesome. And then you've got like, you've got the, all of them, he wakes up in bed and they come into the room and slow, it's got the overcranked camera and they're running in and they're hugging. Yeah. It's like, they're just hugging it up and she, Frodo hugs Sam and then Gandalf's there going, ha, ah, ah, uh, oh, it's brilliant. I'm just, uh, I'm just having the best time. And it goes on and on. Yeah, that's, you know that's the bit where I turn it off. Just turn it off because I've got the last laugh. I've well, got in it the on extended DVD in the DVD, extended it. DVD cut, it's even longer. Yeah, it is. And then you got it's four hours long. Minutes of Return credits. of the King is four hours long in extended version. Yeah, you have to set aside like a good portion. The of only the time whole I want to see a film that. is four hours long is when it's about Jesus. And Charlton Heston's going around, yeah. riding chariots. I mean, that's a big shit. book. That's is a big. It is a big book. I'm talking about some Ben Hur shit. I'm talking about some yeah. biblical oh, epics. Right. Yeah, yeah. To be fair, like the whole series. What's that? <laughs> Lord of the Rings is a ten-hour long. With the extended movie, version, it's about eleven. Yeah. Yeah. Tell you what, who's who's, who's not hot it's for the Hobbit though? Oh, super hot. Yeah. This yeah. this year, like mo- movies are so good. Like the Hobbit, Prometheus. Prometheus. I'm hot for Skyfall. I know not a lot Skyfall's of people are, but this is going to be yeah. great. Oh, come on. If you're not hot for a new Bond movie, you need to take a long, hard look yep. at yourself. Yep, yep, yep. you got uh, The Bourne uh, Legacy. Is that coming out this year? It's coming out this year. It's badass. God, the list goes on. We've done this list on the podcast before. And don't, don't forget Anchorman 2. Is that this year? Oh, okay, Anchorman oh, 2. Nah, we didn't turn it around fast enough. I, I like Anchorman. <clears throat> I know some people don't like it. I like yeah, it. Yeah, I'm with I think it's funny. <laughs> but anyway. Anyway, the no, question I was asking... You're with who? I'm with Andy. He likes it. I, yeah. I, I like Anchorman. Yeah, it's all right. I, I don't dislike it, but does it need a sequel? No. No. <laughs> Definitely Has it already not. had a sequel? Like The Legend of Ron Burgundy? Yeah, like a sort of, it was all the outtakes they made a film Ah, uh, okay. Yeah, Ghostbusters didn't need a sequel either, but that happened. Yeah. Any, anyway, the question I was asking before we started talking about all that was, do you think Bioware set a de- dangerous precedent by agreeing to either change or explain the ending? You know... Is, is that sort of validated the fact that everyone's complained about it? And has that opened the door for everyone complaining? You know, hey, I don't like the ending of GTA, it, Rockstar. It depends, you better make another one. It depends on how much they change it. Yeah. If they stick to the ending they have... <clears throat> they said they're sticking to the ending they have in mind. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They said they're sticking to that ending. They respect the artistic decisions of the team. They're mm-hmm. just going to elaborate on it. Yeah. If it's just an extra scene at the end, like we said, just an, an epilogue, that's fine. But I just think by, by, listen, by acknowledging the fans... It's that it's it's a, it's a quite a, uh, people have argued about it quite a lot now, but I just think a, an art an artist, whether you agree games are art or not, but a creative a creator should have enough faith in their creation mm-hmm. to, you know, leave it as is. But I, I don't know, maybe games afford that that no other medium does to redo stuff like that. A film can redo an ending, whereas games afford that with DLC. So maybe we maybe it is a good thing for. Taking advantage films, of the medium. There are films that have changed in there. I can't remember. In Butterfly Effect. Butterfly There's... Effect's a big one. Uh, in a, the Ashton Kutcher spectacle. <laughs> uh, Butterfly <laughs> Effect. The original ending was super badass and dark. Mm. Uh, the ending as it ends is um, it basically he undoes everything that has come before, basically rewrites all of reality, and so he never meets Amy Smart's character. 
he's walking down the street and he passes Amy Smart and she looks at him and he looks yeah. at her. They kind of recognise one another but don't because they, it's like there's another life where they knew so one another. So it was another. changed on DVD, yeah? No, well, no, the original, no, it was changed because they had an ending which they showed theatrical audiences ah, okay. and they, audiences were like, do not like that. Yeah. <laughs> do not want. Because well, the original <laughs> ending was Ashton Kutcher strangles himself in his own womb. In his mother's <laughs> womb. He kills himself dark. in the womb so he never exists. You know, awesome. he, so he was never born. He writes himself out of the universe. Well, I, I, I know, the, as I said, that no other medium does that. Blade Runner actually has one of the most famous cases of a test audience being woefully, woefully wrong. Yeah. Well, the test audience didn't like the ending where uh, Deckard and Rachel escape in the elevator and the, the door shuts and it ends and the theme kicks in. Mm. They didn't think it had enough resolution like a certain other group of people mm-hmm. uh, about a certain other sci-fi epic. And then they, uh, Ridley Scott was forced, his hand was forced to put in a clumsy ass ending where they drive away literally into the sunset for a sunny forest using outtakes oh. from The Shining yeah using the helicopter shots from The Shining of this beautiful inexplicably <laughs> green that. and beautiful forest and you know in this world that's supposedly messed up uh, and with a narration of Harrison Ford essentially gone it was alright it's fine it all worked yeah, out everything's yeah. good it's okay. Don't worry. I'm not Ford a replicant like, I'm, a no, I'm a nice guy really. another, uh, okay. another one is um, Clerks the um, original ending to the movie Clerks had Dante getting shot at the end yeah that's right he just gets he, he dies and, uh, and then you just roll credits Army of Darkness yeah. Sam Raimi's Evil Dead film where the original ending was yeah, he has to sleep for a certain amount of time to get back to his the present day but he sleeps too long wakes up in the entire Earth's a nuclear like wasteland I know that and then they replace the ending with oh he goes back to his normal time and it's alright so, so there's no precedent for this apart from all those films you've just <laughs> yeah. listed now that you think about it yeah there yeah. probably is <laughs> now I've got a DVD at home where you can choose to play it with one or two endings I can't remember what it is it's probably like American Pie or something something really lame yeah but yeah so I mean have they set a dangerous precedent I think they have I, th- I think people are you know if, there's, if anyone tries to do a controversial ending People might complain about that. Yeah. You know, if if you could change the end of Red Dead, would you keep? Well, oh God. Well, we're in the spoiler zone. Would you? Would you yeah. keep? Would you no, keep John alive? It, it, they would have none of the power. The ending of Red Dead. This is made by that happening by them making that decision. You pricks! You know I'm playing that game right now. You finished it. I haven't finished it. You know I've been playing that game right now. Well. You- Sorry, I knew I ended. Oh, I thought you were God. replaying it. Oh, <laughs> I felt bad that because that um, someone had that else had that spot for them. And it really ruined it for him. Oh, no, it doesn't ruin. Yeah, come on, it doesn't ruin anything. <clears throat> the game's still a great game. You know, it's like Matt Pellet was the uh, was a guy who hated spoilers. He like he would be a guy who'd be like, hey, you know what? There's this bit on the first level where and he fingers near us. La la la. I think it, you can't. It's, it is good to be surprised by something. The end of Red that I had no idea and it really caught me off guard. And I was like, wow. Anyway. Yeah. So yeah. <laughs> Do you want to hear some more movies that had changed endings? Go on then. Fatal Attraction. What happened at the end of that? Uh, in the end of it, um, Glenn Close's psychotic character commits suicide and stages it so it looks like Dan, played by Michael <coughs> Douglas, murdered her. He gets arrested. Uh, Alex never was never got brought to justice. Test audiences did not like it. So in the uh, in the changed ending, I don't know. Wasn't there another ending? Bloody bullet riddle ending. Yeah. They, in the end, she kill you, and in the end, she gets killed by. Uh, she shoot. She sh- no. Doesn't the wife shoot her? Yeah. Yeah. I've not seen that film for a while. But she, I think she lives. At the end. What know. else have we got? I saw it quite recently. Uh, Little Shop of Horrors. Um, so the first ending stayed loyal to the original production. Seymour feeds his love Audrey to a ravenous plant, Audrey too, <laughs> and tries to commit suicide. He decided to fight the plant, but Audrey 2 devours him too. with the musical vibe, would it? <laughs> then, spawns of the plant end up taking over and destroying the entire world. 
viewers didn't Sweet. respond to it, so the lead, the lead character's being eaten, so Oz was forced to put a happier spin on it. Wow. <laughs> that is quite bleak. Yeah. i tell you what, I just recently um, I saw Alien for the first time, and, and largely, like everyone I've spoken to, said, I can't believe you've only just seen Alien yeah, for the I was first gonna say, time. I can't believe you. And I, I, I love the ambiguity at the, at the end <clears> of that, and like, you know, that fits in with what we were talking about earlier. There was so much that was left and said, like, you know, what, was, what were all those people doing in the wall of the, you know, just sort of yeah. half eaten in the wall, and, you know, where does it come from? Where, where, does yeah. the, where does the original ship come from? That was all am, am, ambiguous, and they sort of, through Aliens, Alien 3, Alien Resurrection, they sort of explain most of it away. And Prometheus, I think, will do for the last, well, that's the the last, last great mystery in the thing. From, yeah. There's <clears> a whole page on Wikipedia dedicated to alternate endings in mixed media, every kind of media. 28 days later, uh, the first uh, ending had Jim gravely injured near the end of the film. He's taken to hospital, but he dies before he can be given medical attention. His body's left behind. Some versions um, involve him dreaming of the accident that put him in the hospital at the beginning of the film. Another unfilm ending picks up after Frank had been infected where they take him to a research complex and Jim sacrifices his own life to give him a total blood transfusion to bring him back. Army of Darkness has got that Army of Darkness ending you talked yeah. about. Mm -hmm. um, it, there's, this thing goes on and on and on in, you should, you in, in all Google kinds that. of media. That's a, that's a good read, that. That's yeah. a good yeah, lunchtime uh, read. Alternate ending on uh, Wikipedia. It's got examples in video Examples in music. <laughs> con from concept albums and stuff like that. Examples in video games. I like it when that ACDC songs with the uh, jazz saxophone solo better than the other one <laughs> that ends with the flute solo. Yeah, yeah. it would have would, would have been nothing with a flute solo. <laughs> so um, yeah, Mass Effect. Have we got anything else we want to say on it, or have we, uh, I th have I we think, pretty much covered it? I think until that DLC comes out, we should close the book on Mass Effect Three ending, and then if, once that DLC is out, then we can reignite the, the, the Cl debate. Close the book, not read the last fourteen chapters where it ends in excruciating detail. Yeah. Like Lord of the Rings. What people should do is pick up the next issue of Xbox World, which is on shelves next week, because we've got two of Stage the UK's advice. leading sci-fi and fantasy authors debating the ending themselves. These are guys who've played the game, and they're debating the ending. There's one guy reckons, yeah, you know, the author, why shouldn't he change the ending if, if readers want to pay for it? That's cool. Mm -hmm. The other guy says, no, it does set a dangerous precedent. It's not, you know, it's, 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 you know read, reader, re respecting readers is one thing. But you know, being dictated to by readers is a whole different thing. So we've got guys who you know really know their thing yeah. about their, their shit about sci-fi and fantasy. They write about sci-fi. Yeah, yeah, yeah they they we put these two guys head to head to debate, it, and I, uh, I think it's going to be something our readers will enjoy. So the spoiler zone ends there. Uh, if you have skipped this bit uh, because you didn't want to know what happens at the end of Mass Effect, it's all right. We're not going to be talking about it anymore, all the space bunnies that appear at the end or anything like that. It's all it's all fine from here on in. What we are going to talk about is Black Ops 2. I've got to say, you've got to be a serious badass to avoid Mass Effect spoilers up to this point. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you have to be a badass. <clears throat> yeah. That's that's a commitment to, to looking away from the monitor and the comments threads and Twitter yeah. And Reddit Facebook and, and yeah. Reddit for a real, real yeah. long time. I, I didn't play Heavy Rain for about two or three months until after it came out. I had to do so much dodging to, to avoid finding <laughs> out who, the, who the killer was. Long. It was precarious times, my friend. Precarious times. Well, anyway, so... So Black Ops 2. Blops 2. It was inevitable, wasn't it? Yeah. It has, it's worth pointing out it hasn't officially been announced yet. Yeah. Just been yeah. strongly hinted at yeah. we're, by we're almost every corner of the... Uh, of the internet. Once, uh, once Kotaku accidentally leak 50 pages of weapon renders, then we'll know it's about to be announced. Yeah. 
Well, you say that. <laughs> Someone has actually leaked uh, all the game modes. Oh, really? All the perks. Uh, I, I, how, how legit is this leak, and, though? And all the weapons. <clears throat> I don't know. We ran it on CVG, so I hope it's reasonably <laughs> legit. Hey, at least we said alleged leak, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, there is a question mark at the end. Look. It says here. Yeah, oh, well, that must mean it's not true, then. Yeah, Mac Ops 2 release date, multiplayer details rumoured. Is it Call of Duty Eclipse? What's that? Ooh. Call oh, of Duty no. Eclipse. I'm pretty sure it's Black Ops 2. <clears throat> yeah. Well, they, they, they have said, or, or it's been widely known for a while, that they were continuing the, the great story of Black Ops. Mm -hmm. It's just funny, like the new stories very much dance around it. The next Call of Duty game, which is used to be unveiled on May the 1st, and is widely tipped to be Black Ops 2, may feature a near-future setting. So That's just Modern <laughs> Warfare, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Near-future setting. It's just Modern Warfare. Oh, also, <coughs> and Spec Ops. Yeah. Oh, and Ghost Recon, Future Soldier. Yeah. Oh, yeah. and Battlefield 3? Yep. Yeah. It just, so, means, it just means you can make a military shooter, but you can put some, like, flying drones in it, or some, like, eye, eye visors, mm. or some kind of fancy hologram HUD. That's all that means near-future. Yeah. Tell you what, I'm calling it now. Black Ops 2. First week of November, you'll have zombies in it. Be made by Treyarch. <laughs> I, mean, I don't know. Any, I don't know anything about the yeah. game. I, I, I've not been privy to any information. Well, I'm would, telling you that now. You reckon there's going to be probably be like an on rails, a terror section, yeah, right? There'll be an on rails section, maybe escaping in a boat or helicopter. There'll be a bit where you're in a helicopter and it gets shot down. There'll be a bit where you have to destroy an AA gun. I'll tell you, you know, what. There'll oh, be lots of shouting. The number of AA, yeah. the number of AA guns I've destroyed in that game. Yeah. There'll, there'll be really, a shocking moment as well. Don't, don't you think there'll be a, like yeah a moment which is quite controversial? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and some yeah, a, a Beatty section that's designed with the tabloids strictly in mind because it's good marketing. Mm. Someone in marketing goes, "Can we get a new from uh, uh, No Russian in there? We need we need to top No Russian because it's really good for the uh, the controversy dollar." What the hell are they going to do? I mean. We've, well, we've massacred an airport full of people. We've blown up like a, an entire town with a nuclear bomb. I got one word for you, my friend: pedos. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you, uh, you you play as a pedophile who drives a tank through a, a children's burn ward. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> so we tipped oh, yeah. across the legally very thin ice. Yeah. Oh, you, you know, you you have to hurl hurl Molotov cocktails at a, a lot of Peace Corps workers. You have to know. You have to throw burn, You have them. to throw burning babies at the peace workers. <laughs> yeah. You have to like you have to take it's uh you t you just take a you, you capture a political prisoner and you take a dump on him but it's viewed from the the perspective of the dump <laughs> and you've got to guide it into his mouth <laughs> so as it breaches your anus yeah and you, you see like it's the scene starts off dark and you just hear like muffled voices and you're like what's this that's the credit sequence yeah. it's dark and then like, you see a little tiny dot of light and it slowly expands and expands <laughs> and expands until you're looking at a screaming political prisoner going no I'm innocent and then uh, you realise that you are the turd and because you want like modern combat to be realistic and visceral you need those you need those buzzwords on the box right yeah. visceral. you gotta make it so it's kind of like it's not a comfortable poo. <laughs> yeah, it's a it's yeah. a it's a real visceral one. You yeah, know? It's, yeah. And, he, so, and the soldier the soldiers doing it's going. Oh, I shouldn't have had those rations. They've played hell with my stomach. As I think have, Hideo Kojima's already done that. <laughs> yeah. No, well, they, maybe not that extreme, but they will have some scene in there that'll be like no. I mean, because Black Ops had Black Ops opened with the comically villainous Japanese soldier 
stubbing a cigar at and that some was guys, um, world at war world at war that yeah, was yeah isn't isn't black ops the one where you get glass where you put glass yeah. in someone's <clears throat> mouth and then they yeah. get their mouth that's punched. it you smash yeah. a window and stick a shot of glass so everyone's mm. had a moment where you go modern warfare 2 had um uh, uh no russian uh, no yeah and also had the guy like torturing the guy with the the car yeah, jumper yeah, yeah. and so th- there will be something in it and i think it's it's very shrewd of, of them modern to warfare 3 like inexplicably blew up a tiny child just blew, yeah. Up, yeah. just blew up a little girl. That's right. Yeah, in, in the, the most yeah. the most Londony London they could manage. It had it was so <laughs> it had a football lying around the middle yeah, of the street, yeah, a, a black pub, a black yeah. cab, uh, a, a, red, phone a red phone box, box yeah, a pearly king flags. You could see like big the Ben backgrounds in yeah. the background. Yeah. yeah, like an improbable street in London where you can see every tourist landmark from. The, the, yeah, yeah. You know, this bit only makes that, sense that to people in London. Yeah. This bit this still only makes sense to people who've actually been listening to the whole thing. But talking about like changed endings to games. Uh, Black Ops actually blew its ending badly. Like Black Ops, the controversial moment in Black Ops oh, yeah, yeah. should have been the moment I'm about to describe. But they bottle it at the end. They just inexplicably bottle it. They, like, the ending should have been because it implies you were the one who killed Kennedy. Mm. Yeah, spoilers. Um, the ending should have been you killing Kennedy. It should have been yeah. you on the yeah. grassy knoll looking down the sights because mm. you know all the way through the game, like you see these numbers and stuff. Yeah, it should have been you looking because it should have been. You get to that bunker at the end. You raid the undersea bunker. And as you're coming up, you're on the boat. And Ed Harris, I think it's Ed Harris, who's play, is the guy who's with you on that boat. Yeah, the CIA. Calls a gun as you get mm-hmm. on the boat and just shoots you. And you're like, your character goes, why, why, why? That should be how it ended. And he should yeah. go, he should be like, think, think. You know, what, why do you think you deserve this? And then you get that flashback sequence mm. where you're standing on the grassy knoll. Yeah. And you point the gun at Kennedy the, the the rifle the Springfield you yeah know, you point the rifle, rifle and yeah. and you're aiming and everything freezes and you're seeing these numbers on the screen yeah. and the, and, the, and the numbers refill reshape themselves and it says fire and you can't choose at that moment that's the one point in the game where you I mean to be honest you can't choose any other point in that frigging game <laughs> but you definitely can't the choose the game pulls there. the trigger for the you game, yeah. no it doesn't even it doesn't even pull it for you it just stops until you pull that trigger yeah oh because, yeah because yeah, yeah. you know you're being programmed by those numbers you have yeah. to do it you pull the trigger. You kill Kennedy, and then it goes back to Ed Harris in the boat. You're dying out, and he, he just tips you over the edge of the boat and says, "You know, you deserve this. You had this coming. This is this That would have been, yeah. awesome. been the <clears throat> uh, the moment, a really controversial moment, but it would have been within the context of the game a really cool clever. moment. It would have been clever. Oh, like you know, remember that Red the Wolf where uh, they went back and got uh, John F. Kennedy. He was he actually himself. shot himself, yeah. <laughs> yeah. so he could escape the presidency. Even that was more uh, challenging and <laughs> unique. But yeah, like the um, so this. I didn't finish Black Ops. I know about uh, mm. about the mm. ending, but will you be playing? You won't be playing as Mason again. No. If it's set in the near future, no, he'll be an old man. But maybe he'll be in the game. Yeah, he might pop up as a. Did um, Gary Oldman's character make it through Black Ops, or did he? That's no, that's World. Am I thinking about no, World of War? No, again? Gary Oldman's in Black Ops, but yeah. he doesn't actually exist. Oh, that's right. He's a f- he's yeah, Tyler Durden right. in the game. Yeah, that's why I remember. Which that. again yeah. is, a, is a twist which doesn't work mm. because a number of times I saw a guy about to kill me and Tyler Durden gun that fool down. <laughs> yeah. So like, yeah, it didn't. It took a twist kind of. I mean, work say there. what you will about Call of Duty's you know daft storyline. I mean, they do some they do do some quite cool and a stupid Michael Bayway scenes and ideas. Yeah, I think I think. <laughs> And, and maybe maybe you disagree. Like the the Black Ops story was actually reasonably clever, and like Mike said, if they'd have followed it through, I think it would have been the best Call of Duty story that yeah, they've done. Yeah, I think I think like the Modern Warfare stuff, series yeah. does the set pieces better. Like you remember the big moments from the original Modern Warfare, yeah. and to an extent from Modern Warfare Two. 
But the, the actual story, I think Black Ops did better. I think World at War did slightly better. And yeah. I imagine Black Ops 2 will probably do, you know, a very good story with, you know, quite mediocre Modern Warfare design. was always sort of wrapped up in being a trilogy is the thing. Yeah. Whereas Black Ops actually ended. I mean, it had an ending. Mm. Yeah. It's just a name thing, Or did it? it? Mm. Or did it? Because mm. we've got Black Ops 2 now, allegedly. But again, near future setting, you're looking at a completely different... Yeah. You see, I, I'd have thought they'd have set it during... Um, during, you know, maybe the eighties or something like that. Yeah. Cold War. You know, I would style. have, uh, I would have liked them to have stayed in that and just sort of tied it into these historical events. Yeah. I think that would be quite exciting. You know, you you playing these events from the inside. You know, like yeah, you, yeah. you 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 could be a, like a, a mole inside Russia or something for one level where you're trying to get into the Kremlin or something. Yeah, and, working for the KGB. Yeah, because yeah. they they took they done the Vietnam sixties thing and put their own absurd uh, yeah. model college spin on it. They could do the same thing for. Cold War. Yeah, 70s espionage stuff. Yeah, that'd be wicked. They could do something interesting, like have Mason as the old soldier trying to adjust to the modern, you know, a bit like, I guess that's kind of Metal Gear 4 in a way. You know, like the the idea of an old bedraggled hardcore soldier coping in a modern world with all yeah. these young kids who are like I just, know, playing I video that, games. And I see that being a section in, uh, in, uh, in Black Ops 2 where it's like, listen... We need to find my old mentor. He taught me everything I know. Yeah. And, it's, it's and he lives in a, a, a hut in Panama <laughs> in a jungle. And he's like, Maybe. the locals revere him as the great sage or something. Yeah, yeah. Maybe yeah. it's only part near future. Maybe there's like little bits of near future, yeah. but there's loads flashbacks, of flashbacks. Yeah. Yeah. If, no, where, you, you play as, where you play as Mason again, doing well, yeah, other, Cod, other missions. Cod loves or a other, good flashback. Yeah, or other soldiers from the series. Yeah. Yeah, Price is going to be in it. No, he's not actually because he's Infinity Wars, isn't he? Yeah, he's Infinity yeah, Wars guy. Right. They, they've taken him away. Yeah. <laughs> The great character of Price, so you can only describe as he's the guy with a moustache. Because yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh, he's everyone, he's a great character, Captain Price. Oh, he's a brilliant character. And you go, describe him without saying he's got a moustache. <laughs> uh, he's the uh, soldier guy. He's got he's facial kinda, hair. He's like a cockney. No? Well, we've played this game with other characters, haven't we? We in the office, we've played this game with yeah. other characters. Like, find a, pick, pick, find a video game character you can describe without using any, like, physical characteristics. Yeah. Or what they do. <clears throat> so you can't say he's an assassin. Yeah. Like, yeah, I guess, like, you could describe Etsy or... He's a bit you could say he's, but he's, a, he's a sort of a lover. He's kind of a... Womanizer. Yeah, he's a womanizer. He's cocky, mm. and he's, but he's also, like, you know, dedicated to his revenge and his family yeah. and stuff. But yeah. there's, there's a few the characters you can do it with. <laughs> you can probably do it with John Marston. You can do it with Snake from Metal Gear. Yeah. All, all Certainly Big Boss. Big Boss, yeah, yeah. yeah. But, but a lot more game characters. I, a good example is every Resi character. Like, they, they are all just walking costumes yeah. and haircuts. Who's Barry Burton? Oh, I love Barry Burton. Great character. Yeah, describe him without saying he's got a beard. Yeah. Or he wears red. No, you can't. <laughs> That's a good test, that. Actually, I think every games writer should take their characters and go, can we describe, is he a character or is he a costume? Or is he, yeah. Is he a cliche? Yeah. Yeah. Even Adam Jensen in uh, Deus Ex is a, is a costume. Yeah. He's a costume in Metal Arms. What about Darius Mason from Red Faction? <laughs> He's a terrible costume. What about Darius Mason? Yeah, <laughs> uh, anyway. Yeah, well, I, I mean, I... I I'm not. Ex- I wouldn't say I was excited to the point of pre-ordering about Blops, but I will always play a Call of Duty when it comes. And out. new Call of Duty is always exciting. Like say what you like about the games, and new Call of Duty is always exciting. And I think, um, I think uh, Activision might be under the impression we don't like Black Ops on Xbox World because we didn't review the last one very highly. Well, I think to be fair, we gave it the, the what feels to them right now to be the right score. It is in the seventies, you know, and I think that's I think that's definitely the right score. The campaign's very woolly, and when you look at uh, people playing the campaign on YouTube, 
that campaign is just so full of that, holes. That bit where you kick the barrels yeah. down the hill. Oh. Everyone talks about that bit because it's, it's just the worst nonsense. bit of signposting in game design ever. Yeah. It's just nonsense. <laughs> and it's, it's, the game's full of bits of that where there'll be a room which bad guys just keep running out of yeah. until yeah. you get to the room and you'll look inside and nah, no, no yeah, bad. There's no windows or openings. Yeah. They're, all just, they're all just waiting in there. I mean, like, baddie closets get done in games quite a lot. It's a hard thing to do right and it, Black Ops does it really badly. I think Treyarch in general are quite bad at hiding those because uh, World of War had a lot of sort of bunkers where guys would just endlessly come out yeah. of them. But you've got to hide it with uh, set pieces and you know, set design and yeah. stuff. Well, I mean, War at War was very bad for it. I mean, you'd have huts mm. where guys kept on spawning out of them. And you could run up to the door of the hut but not go in. Yeah, and yeah. there's an invisible force field there, which guys, even when you were standing right there, would just keep coming yeah. out of. And that's that's bad. Well, in, in Skyrim, when you're doing those uh, fort assaults, you, if you stand near the spawn point, you can just see the soldiers falling out of the air yeah. and just oh, really? kill them as they land and complete the fort in like 10 minutes. Oh, that's when you're doing the, uh, the little war between the yeah. Stormcloaks and the Imperials. Oh, well. the, I mean, Black Ops uh, 2, I think with every game, Treyarch get better. And yeah. maybe this is the one. Although I've got to say, like, Call of Duty map design in the last few years has gone right off the rails. Like COD Four had some of the best multiplayer maps ever in a video, ever in any video game. I can picture maps, them in my head. Oh now. yeah, you mm. could just see them and they're like real sensible shapes yeah. that guide the action. That one set and, in the bazaar was classic. Oh yeah, it's great. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and um, Overgrown, one of the best multiplayer maps mm. ever made. You just you just got these points. This is advantageous to be in. It's got points where you you're always fighting over this particular area. There's flash points. There's, hot, there's points on the map yeah. which are designed just for like. Staying quiet and then setting up traps is, is all, and there's a reason for people to be passing through them so that your mm. traps actually work. Yeah, yeah. But since so Modern Warfare 2, definitely, Black Ops and Modern Warfare 3, the, the maps tend these days to be these, just these big, sprawling Pac-Man mazes yeah. where an attack could be coming at any side at any, any moment and everyone's just running around in circles waiting to kill one another. They're really deathmatch oriented, yeah. whereas in Call of Duty 4, I think they were kind of quite often objective oriented. Mm. And because they're objective oriented, they had a logic and a structure to like, them. Like uh, Silo was a great COD format, the really mm. wide open one with the uh, missile uh, doors that would open and shut. You remember that one? Yeah, that yeah. was good, but that kind of... That was a good example of the kind of map I'm talking mm. about. There, sort of the um, the Pac-Man maze map, because you can, yeah. when you land, you can you can a team of sort of eight can split off in eight different directions on a map like yeah. that, and you can you can get yourself in deathmatch into like this thing where you're just literally running in circles, hoping someone spawns in front of you yeah. so you can get them before they get you. Whereas you play Overgrown, a bunch of people will run into that map, set up for their positions, and wait, and Is they'll, that one they'll on the pause. Pole as well? That's great for the objective yeah. ones because it's oh, just yeah, it's yeah. two sides to the two sides to the map. The objective's usually in the middle. Yeah. yeah, it's just just you know simple tactics, but really effective. And you know you have to you have to think tactically. You have to think smart. And I think they don't have enough faith in the people playing it now. I think you think they're just kids who just want to kill, 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 get kill. Dual, uh, uh, twin barrel shotguns. Yeah, and, I think that's yeah. what they think they're catering to. But there's. The reason COD 4 was so good online and the reason COD fans still say it was the best online COD is because of those maps and because of that weapon balance, because there was nothing... You didn't have to constantly be afraid something was going to blow you to pieces from the sky. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So you had to always be indoors because the maps were built to facilitate really good combat and the perks were designed to facilitate, you know, smart thinking in the combat was not less, necessarily was just more, racking up the biggest kill count you could get le less perks made it more uh, elegant I yeah. thought as well your loadout yeah. was really it was really more well balanced 
Remember Crash as well with the helicopter in the middle? Yeah. Crash was the good one they map. put in the beta. That, so we all got really familiar with that map. That was a good Crash map. was a with great the, map. The big sniper tower and yeah. And they could they on the objective mode they put like one bomb at the top of that tower, and then one bomb down you know, across the map on the other side of the map yeah. in the street. So when you were defending, you had to set up like two points of defense and just great maps. Like really, you had to really think about the way you were playing. Yeah. That's what makes games great. And if you look at like the best Counter Strike maps. Uh, people have done this on the internet. They've drawn sight lines on those maps. Like yeah. They've taken overhead shots on the maps and drawn sight lines. So at any given point, you can be hit from here, here, and here, if you're in a certain place. Yeah. Maybe from you moved to this position on the map, well, now you can be hit from here, here, and here. And in any given situation, you know you're covering certain angles. There's always more angles than you alone can cover. Yeah. So if you're moving with a group of three, you've got all the angles covered. But if you're moving on your own, you're really vulnerable because you can only cover one angle at once. That's what made those maps so cool. You get, you, team you get a little unit together and you all work together. But in modern COD maps, you can be hit from literally anywhere within a 360-degree radius at any given moment on a lot of the maps. doesn't work. just doesn't work. Do you think they'll, uh, they'll take all the data from COD Elite and maybe use that to build some of their maps? Yeah, well, because that comes with all sort of built-in stuff like all the heat mapping. Maybe and all that's the kill a bad zones. thing though, because they'll realise that it's just kids running in circles with two shotguns, and they'll build the maps to accommodate that. Mm. Maybe they'll build the maps to challenge them. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Maybe, yeah maybe to make, make that to, harder. To try and make it yeah. like a different game. They should be doing that as well. I mean, they should mm. be because they're like, accepting right now that the people who grew up playing COD are now like a lot older, mm. and. A lot of them, it's, it's almost like these days, COD has become the training wheels for Battlefield. And that's not where COD wants to be. COD doesn't want to be in that place. It should be a game which just grows up with the players playing it. Mm. Obviously, there's always new, younger players coming in all the time. But the real hardcore fan base are mostly sort of, you know, 20 to 30-year-old men. Yeah. And, I don't know, there's always something to be said for a multiplayer game which doesn't depend too much on teamwork because you can never rely in an online game yeah. on we're being with someone good. Yeah. yeah, but at the same time, you look at the way like Dice have designed around that. They've, they've made they make you play as a team whether you mm. want to or not. Battlefield's at its best when you're with friends. Yeah, like a- absolutely. There's 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 no other shooter like Battlefield when you play it properly. Mm. But yeah. you, you've got to find a game where you where you with a but bunch of people. Crucially, who will play it's it playable without friends. Yes. It's, it it's is. definitely play- whereas COD isn't like the objective modes mm. on COD, unless you're working with at least one friend. So it's like there's two of you moving together. It's just not playable without a friend. The deathmatch modes are they're fine, mm. Mm. and I worry because these days, man, that is deathmatch popular. Mm. Like I know deathmatch was <clears> always <throat> popular, but I grew up with like Counter Strike and stuff. And back then, you played objective over and over and over again. Well, I, I guess on PC you've got like Team Fortress Two and uh, the new Tribes game uh, that are really focused on objectives mm. and capture the flag. So maybe that will start to bleed into. Consoles. Well, one of the rumors about Black Ops is that it's much more hardcore focused. Um, like the, there's more hardcore playlists, there's more playlists that are about exploring objectives. Because the interesting thing about COD is that the PC versions always had more playlists than the yeah. console version, mm. and the play, extra playlists they have are all hardcore. So in COD Four, we had hardcore deathmatch, hardcore search and destroy. But then they had all of the other standard game modes in hardcore versions. Just on PC. That means you get one spawn, you get um, you take a couple of hits and you're dropped instantly, and it really you know it. 
it means like they got the user base to accommodate it because people want to play that yeah. way on PC. Because that guy with the double shotguns isn't going to last a second in hardcore mode, no, is he? No, He's going to strafe out and immediately get popped in the brain. Yeah, it's going to be a guy, it's going to be a guy on the other side of the map yeah. with a fully customised rifle and he's just going to take one look at him, one shot, done. Yeah. <laughs> then the kid's going to go, this game's rubbish. And then, he's, then that kid's going to wait three minutes to respawn. Yeah. <laughs> that, that's Gears of War. He's going to do it again. That's how cool Gears of War was. The first Gears of War comes out and the only kind of main game mode is this mode where you have to stomp on a guy's head to take them out of the game. <laughs> and once they're out, they're out for three minutes until the next round begins. And it was great. It's all one. It's always a one spawn thing. And they bottled it because kids were like, oh, I just want to kill people. Yeah. So they completely bottled out and then they went to this pure deathmatch mode. The new game's kind of got like a mix of both. Gears mm. 3, the whole team starts with like 15 shared spawns. I think, it's yeah. 15, I think it's 15. I don't actually play Gears Online these days. But 15 shared spawns. Once you've exhausted them, everyone gets one spawn each. So then you're into sudden death mode. So it could end up being one guy versus four. That's cool. But yeah. that is led like that's why I love those kinds of modes where one person can like you know you shoot someone and they're out. Yeah. Because mm. all of a sudden stealth becomes an advantage. All of a sudden like thinking your way around the map becomes so important. What's the, is it the uh, SWAT mode on uh, Halo Reach? I used to love where it was uh, everyone had the uh, yeah the, shields the, off, uh, battle shields off, battle rifles, rifles just yeah, one yeah. headshot. It made everyone play really cautiously, and it yeah. felt really, the pace was so different from yeah. Uh, when it, that's when a really popular you, playlist like on Reach as well. Yeah. And, you, and everyone else is watching on the on the cams as well. That's it's all what down makes to like it, one person. Yeah. You, that like, is brilliant. The, there's a game I had on Overgrown on COD years ago, and my whole team got butchered in minutes. But it was one of those games where you're like, I know I can't win, but I'm going to do as much damage as I can. So I was looking at six of them, and it was just me. This is on Hardcore. And it was an objective one. Now, I don't want to put the objective down because they're all... They'll, I don't want to plant the bomb because they're all going to come running over. They're going to defuse the bomb. They can easily cover it. There's enough of them. I couldn't get into a firefight against six of them. But I, they're not... They haven't been playing as a great team up to this point, so they're all spread out. So I see one guy, like, on the other side of the field, bang, pop him. See another guy running down the street, pop him. And then I realise, now it's one against four. And Cod had amazing sound as well, so you could hear when someone was coming... If you move really slow, they couldn't hear you. So I was high, I was crouching near the house. I hear a guy running through the house. I just wait by the door. He comes out, pop him. And I put a claymore where his body was. So and his buddy comes oh, running yeah, along. It comes up as, uh, mm. on the radar for them, doesn't it? That he yeah. Died. yeah, yeah. And his buddy comes running. I also was carrying on them communicating using um, the party chat as well. Yeah. So, they could still... so one of his buddies comes running along, he eats a claymore. So now all of a sudden I'm like, what is it? Oh, it's two on one. And all of a sudden you think, I could win this, <laughs> and you know you've got an audience playing you, like watching yeah, you. You know you've got, team. and they're all willing you on. They can't talk to you, but they're willing yeah, you yeah. on. You can feel it. Those moments where I actually won that one. But you know, you think about the million games where I found myself in that situation, but died. Yeah, yeah. Like I still remember that one where I didn't, and that's like what four years ago. You get a little ramble moment sometimes where you just go, you, go, you keep killing people, and you're like, how am I doing this? And your heart like genuinely mm. starts racing yeah. you're like I'm still alive I'm still alive and it's like really it's exhilarating I think for the final kill as well I planted the bomb took up a, hi a hiding place just away, away from it and just waited because he has to come and defuse the bomb yeah, otherwise yeah. it's going gonna, it's gonna to go off but you never know whether he's going to stab you in the back well on those maps because you could always play the angles you always knew if someone was going to stab you in the back mm -hmm. it's only if you run around like a headless chicken you did get stabbed these days on COD maps you can't count on it mm -hmm. so now all I want to do is go back and play COD 4 so <laughs> thanks for that yeah, yeah COD 4 was the business yeah 
too bad because the next one is Black Ops. <laughs> you can go back. And Let's play just go it. back. There's still people yeah. probably playing. It's still no people Call still are. People are still playing Bad Company as well. Even on consoles, you think? Yeah, playing, yeah. Uh, no, I've oh, recently, yeah, yeah. recently checked. I, mean, I checked Battlefield 1943 the other day. See, people are still playing that. People are still playing Battlefield 2 on PC. But what well, you well, got to count on is that the people playing it are really, really, really <laughs> yeah. good. They know every inch of those maps. Yeah, they know every inch of them. So one thing we haven't discussed, we'll just talk about briefly. Zombies mode is going to be in there. It's what yeah. Treyarch do. I'm surprised they haven't actually released their own COD Zombies game. By yeah, now. It, it felt I mean, it, it almost feels like it's its own game now. Yeah. And, and they they could release it and people would buy Again, it. Again, they blew it in Black Ops. There should, that moment when you get locked in the, uh, the tanker, you know, there's like the big Nazi tanker you meet, you find. Two things which are weird about that section. One, you have to infiltrate the tanker first. Well, not tanker, the ship, first of all. Mm. Pull your pistol and a flashlight and you're walking along. You're thinking, oh man, it's like a survival horror thing. Someone thinks it's going to jump out on me. Nope, you just walk all the way in, nothing happens, and you get inside. Well, that was weird for stars. That's just a really strange moment. The second thing they blew was you get locked in this, this glass jar, and they gas all the guys next to you with this experimental Nazi gas. At that moment, for one second, I thought, they're going to all stand back up as zombies. Yeah. Mm. How good <laughs> would that have been? What, like what I know mean? it's I know it's silly I know it's really goofy but you know what so's Black Ops yeah. so if you had this moment where you're in this glass container and all of a sudden you're surrounded by these zombies these Russian zombies banging on the wall yeah. they want they on the glass they're, they're German zombies all trying to get in at you that would be a great moment in the game and you know what the only need to do is you're on those those like two flashback missions yeah yeah it, that would have been a good moment and it would have tied the COD zombies into the campaign. They've put so much, they've added so much rather to that COD Zombies mm. mechanic. When you play the original 90s and you play the latest DLC, there's all the different weapons and systems and stuff. I think there's enough there to make a decent standalone game if they added a few more mechanics into it. But it's just going to be part of. Uh, I think like Black, Black Ops, Ops presents it? such a killer package that COD always does. People always say, like, why don't you split off the multiplayer? Yeah. Well, because. You can sell the multiplayer as a downloadable game for 10 quid. You can yeah. sell the whole game for 45. And Black Ops had that, you know, a lot of little extras like the top-down uh, arcade shooter thing. Remember that? Yeah. yeah and it had it, Zork on there as well. Zork, yeah. Yeah, definitely, yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, they, they do give you a decent chunk of stuff for your 60 quid. Yeah. If you buy it RRP, which no one does. But if you buy a collector's edition, what, it's going to be 125 quid and you get yourself a radio control car. Yeah. I wonder, uh, that's the thing, what are they going to do for the absurd? Uh, they've done the night vision goggles, the remote control car. Depends what their thing is. Yeah. Maybe they're going to yeah. give away like a zombie mask. Or maybe, yeah, or maybe the, the flying drone thing, like a remote control one. Yeah. Yeah. Who knows? They'll be buzzing around all but the time. They'll, they'll, they'll quadcopter, that makes sense, actually. Yeah, you can, can make those real cheap these days. Yeah. And they can sell them real expensive. They're going to do one of them, aren't they? And kids are going to be sellotaping knives to them and flying them into, <laughs> flying them into grannies with, in, in Brixton. <laughs> I got her! I got her! <laughs> Why is your person from Brixton a Bristolian? <laughs> I don't know why. Yeah. He's up there on holiday. Brixton, Bristol. It's the same thing. When they had the riots in Brixton, my buddy was like right there on the street. He said there's like everything on, everything near him was on fire. Apart from it, you remember looking out the window going, oh man, I sure hope they didn't set my place on fire because if they do, there's not a damn thing I can do about it. <laughs> yeah. Well, now you can fly out your little, uh, little drone and chase them away. Yeah, just drone with a knife on it. <laughs> it's going to happen. So yeah, Black Ops, November, probably. Well, Expect a confirmation sometime next week. What's interesting is it means they're going head-to-head with Halo. They are. Uh, yeah. Halo 4. They went head-to-head with Battlefield last year and they did pretty well out of that. Mm, we've got Halo 4 on our new issue. We have. 
We've played it. First look, we haven't played it. We have a first look at it. He's played it. He hasn't played it. No. He's played the multiplayer, hasn't he? He might have played the multiplayer. Yeah. yeah I think he played the multiplayer. Mm-hmm. But he's uh, seen the, the, the first level of the campaign as well. We've, so we've got eyes on, eyeballs yeah. on the first level of the campaign. This is like all new stuff, and, and we have it. Yeah. Don't don't. Uh, buy any bullshit on the stands when you see uh, our competitors saying they've seen co- they've got this exclusive on Halo nah Nuh-uh. nah they haven't uh, our friends at OXM have they've they got, have. Some, they got a lot of good stuff yeah. and we've got a lot of good stuff too but no other Xbox mags have what we have but they will say they have yeah. oh shit that sounds pretty shifty to me mm, yeah. <laughs> like shifty I business I wouldn't, I wouldn't trust those people well I haven't read that Halo feature and you saying that it shows you the first mission of the campaign because I'm all about the Halo single player. I'm excited about that. Mm. Yeah, new. I'm about the campaign as well. Halo campaigns are... They've got a feel, they've got a vibe to them. Yeah. A real sense of scale that you just don't get in other shooters. Like, the only other shooters with that kind of that sense of grandeur would be maybe Half-Life. Yeah. Like, COD does scale, but mostly it's just about, like, ah, run, 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 rush, rush, You don't feel like you're travelling anywhere, but in Half-Life and Halo, because there's a lot of vehicle stuff, you feel Mm. like you're on a big, long journey. Yeah, you feel like you're going somewhere. And when you get to the end of it, they usually pay off pretty well. But in COD, it's like, I'm in France. Cut to black. I'm in the Bering Strait. I know I'm in France because there's the Eiffel Tower. Yeah. Modern Warfare Warfare 3 was like a parody of itself. (laughs) We were talking about this in the office just yesterday, so these guys have heard us say it before, so I'll say it to the listeners. It's like, um, by the time the Eiffel Tower collapses, you just you sort of shrug. It's like, <laughs> well, yeah, guess, guess. Oh, uh, there it goes. There it goes. Yeah, Timber. <laughs> it's like the whole game. It like it's like it'd be going to like going to a rock concert. It'd be like going to see like the Stones, right? And the Stones come out and they do Satisfaction, Sympathy for the Devil. And like all, all the songs you want to hear in the first two minutes, <laughs> yeah. and then they're just like, actually, we're just going to do some of our new stuff for all the rest right, of the this gig. Is, uh, some of our B sides, yeah. <laughs> so this is this actually uh, from our um, our new album. You're like, nah, <laughs> nobody wants to hear the Stone Stones new <clears throat> stuff. Yeah, it's that it's that game where you're like, it, they deafen you on the first level. It's the volumes. They crank the volume up to eleven. They completely deafen you, and then they play their music at eleven all the way through the game. But you're deaf, so you can't hear it. So when the Eiffel Tower collapses, you're just like, yeah, I didn't even I, notice. I'm calling it now. Then in Black Ops, there'll be a scene where you're a, you're a, a, uh, an astronaut on a colony on the moon, and you watch the entire Earth explode. Is <laughs> <laughs> that going to be their yeah, shock with moment? Like a, with apart, a, apart from the bit <laughs> where you poo on the man. Yeah. It starts with uh, you playing as a poo, slipping it into a man's mouth, and ends with the entire world exploding, <laughs> whilst the guitar solo squeals in the background. <laughs> yeah. There's going to be a mission in the new Black Ops. It's set in the near future, right? This is, this is, um, this is, not, this is, this is legit, now. This is me uh, betting. Okay. I'm going to put a, uh, a little bet on. All right. There'll be you know how um, one of like the cool new ideas that it's been sort of mooted by the by DARPA and so on yeah. are like commandos that are constantly waiting at the edge of Earth's orbit, ready to be dropped into any war zone <laughs> at any moment. What so that they they live in a sort of thing orbiting the Earth? Yeah, they're ready to be fired into ready to war basically zone. like at any given moment they're they're sort of like two hours away from any war zone on Earth. Yeah, they, you can just then they can just they just drop them straight out of the sky, boom, land them in another thing. They do their business, getting extracted by, yeah. by conventional means. There'll be a mission where you do that. Like the start of Halo ODST, 
where you see yourself yeah. falling through the atmosphere. There'll yeah. be, there be a mission where they do you have to do a, a, a high altitude, low opening halo drop. And you know, they could do a really good cut there, where you know when the poo drops out of the man's bum, they could do a jump cut. Oh, yeah, Stanley like, Kubrick yeah, Stanley style. Kubrick style match yeah, like cut. Two thousand and one. Yes. Two. Cut from the poo. Yeah. <laughs> Here we go. Yeah. It's the pod just coming. <laughs> Yeah. The poo's falling, and, and as it's tumbling, dum, dum, you cut dum, to a man dum, tumbling, dum, dum, yeah. opening his parachute. Man lands, poo lands. In, in holy dude's mouth. shit! <laughs> there you go. There, there will be a mission yeah. that does that. While we're predicting things, who wants to make some bets right now on things for E3? E3. Now, Black Ops okay. is going to be on Microsoft stage. Yeah. Every year, Microsoft give Activision a chunk of their show yeah. to show their COD every year. And they've still got all. They've still got the uh, the you know priority DLC sorted out with. That's that's always ongoing. yeah. That's yeah. ongoing. That's given, so it? that's why they get the exclusive on that. Well, people are saying there's going to be playable GTA there, but that is that's uh, bullshit. I know because Rockstar, yeah, Rockstar, never, Rockstar don't do E3. Yeah, they don't do playable demos. They don't do E3, and they don't show games on the show. The last time they did playable anything was Gamescom. It was Midnight Club. Yeah. For the Midnight Club, which came on this generation of consoles. Three. So, if you've read that rumor online about E3 being playable or even at E3, it's nonsense because mm. Rockstar only show GTA behind it, closed it doors. Might, it, they might be showing it to some media before E3. Yeah, or a trailer. You might, you might see coverage of it around E3. It will well, the funny thing is, um, like last year, they had um, Max Payne at Gamescom, mm -hmm. and they wouldn't show it to me or any other games journalist at the show because they said we're going to show it to you guys in the UK. Don't worry, like this is just for like mainstream press. Yeah. Like the games press actually Rockstar are really good at hooking games press up with I, access. I thought you were gonna say they just brought it and played it themselves just to be cool. <laughs> yeah. Just to just yeah. like, Hey guys, we've got this new game. We're playing it right now. Can't see None them. of you can see it. So I'm looking to stand, it's a little window in the door you can look through. <laughs> are you playing Max Payne? No. We, no, we see no. the back of the telly. Yeah. Just see people playing it, having a great time. Yeah, smiling, laughing, <laughs> drinking to the, beers. Yeah. To the credit, Rockstar do like to show each magazine individually. So, yeah. Yeah. so forget that rumor. But I mean, when, what, when they do it, they do it right. You remember when Peter Moore had his old uh, temporary tattoo and they got yeah. lost and damned first on uh, Microsoft? Mm. Do you think Xbox will have a, a little GTA yeah. teaser? Or mm. I think they'll yeah. they'll have a they'll have a DLC deal again. I think yeah. that works quite nice for Microsoft first time around. Rockstar nice said that they wanted to do smaller DLC this time. I mean, I'm kind of upset by that. Not upset, that's the wrong word. Disappointed because, you know, Bowder Gaetoni and Lost and Dan were great little... And Dead Nightmare seven, as well. Uh, mm. Yeah, and Dead Nightmare. A great little, you know, big chunks of game. And they said they want to do smaller stuff for GTA Five, but they're not going to do anything half-assed. But it's still, no. you know, whatever their DLC will be, it'll be slightly different than what we've... You know what I want to see? This is some bullshit. I'm going to go on a flight of fantasy. Since we, yeah, that's, that's all this this show's been from this for me so far, um, I want to see a, a, a DLC pack called San Andreas Fault. I was thinking about this the other day, yeah. where there's an earthquake, oh, yeah, raging fires, like right down. The, I'm talking movie earthquake. I'm not talking yeah. real world. I'm talking movie earthquake, where like lava's flowing down. Dante's Peak. Dante's yeah. Peak volcano style. Tommy Lee Jones running along <laughs> against being chased by lava. So it sort of tears a big hole in the middle of the city. And then you, you think that's, that's sort of done the job? No. Then the tsunami hits the city and floods the whole city. Yeah. And we've been talking about this for ages. I'm <clears> so <throat> obsessed with this idea of playing a GTA where the city changes as the game yeah. goes on. Mm -hmm. It's the one thing GTA has. It's, it's got a very static city, very yeah, static yeah. world. So let's play a GTA game where... Do, if things change like mm. maybe you play a game over the course of a year it starts in the spring goes yeah. to summer autumn and then winter and in winter it's snowy and in spring there's like shower, April showers it's kind of like, like Mafia did, but they did it by yeah. cutting 
through it, you mean in real time? Like yeah. Whole, yeah. Or even like what Assassin's Creed does, where it's like you'll be you'll see a building in construction, it'll cut to SEO like six years later, and yeah. the building will be nice mm. and finished. And yeah. they they sort of do that in Skyrim, but there's no consequence to it, is there? Because you know no. the seasons go through, but there's no consequence to it. It yeah. starts snowing, it rains, but there's there's no consequence to it. Like in GTA, what would be great is you know if if they if you sort of go through like an economic depression. Yeah. So, you know, build, buildings become vague. Well, there's yeah, riots on so, uh, the streets yeah. and uh, people, you know, bread queues and there's just sort of desperation and then it gets better. And mm. Yeah. Because that, that is the theme of the new GTA. I mean, from the logos, uh, V, to the bits in the trailer of guys foreclosing on the walls yeah. and stuff. Money. It's all about money. So if there's a sort of, if you're riding an economic wave from its highs and lows, that makes be interesting story-wise. And Rockstar world, do like to be contemporary. Yeah. Mm. It's all about and imagine, It's hard like, to be yeah. contemporary with games as well because yeah. it takes... A long time to make them, but yeah. and G, you know GTA Four Stealth was weirdly as contemporary as it did when it came out in two thousand and eight because it's very the cast designs and the music and stuff is all still quite you know modern. So they're, they're good at. I'm glad they've done a present day game instead of doing another ha- hokey you know seventies cop pastiche. Yeah, or something. me too. Me too. So what else is going to be at, at E3? Obviously Halo. Halo's a given. Halo Four is going to be there. It won't be the level. It won't be that first level. It'll be something mm. new. Do you reckon they're going to show the new aliens? Yeah. Yeah? Yeah. Because the first level stars the Covenant. Yeah. Um, and they're the bad guys in it, but it's, as far as we know, it's like a Covenant raiding crew. It's just like a bunch of renegade Covenant mm. guys. No we've been given a, we've been given a lovely design. new design, by the way. They, lo- mm. they all look really good. Yeah, there's artwork currently doing their rounds uh, on the net where you can see the new uh, elites and yeah, and stuff. Yeah, they look and great. They, we've, we've, got, we have the, we've done them, haven't they? I think we've got it in the mag. Yeah. Really, yeah, they look cool. very kind of alien, very reptilian. To be fair, Bungie's alien design was always shite. Yeah. Like, the Covenant always looked crap. Yeah, you've got the brutes, they're big monkeys. It looks like a walking Nerf guns. Yeah, they, they? <laughs> they did. They, they, and they're, they're just, they look goofy as hell. And 343 have done a nice job on the redesign, I think. The, even mm. the grunts look kind of like a little bit badass because they're burying their teeth in yeah. sort of a little bit more. Mm. I wonder if they'll uh, keep the voice acting. You know the sort of the grunts. Well, they kind of changed squeaky. the voice acting for Reach anyway. They made them a lot, yeah, a lot less, gruffer. And yeah. <clears throat> uh, so Halo is going to be there. Forza Horizon. Forza Horizon's got to be there. Yeah. They're. I tell you what, they're really. I, I'm not sure about Forza Horizon. I mean, they're pushing it if that's going game's going to be out in November, and it has to be because they need to do it to do a switch hit. Forza Five next year, Horizon this year. But that studio's only existed in fully staffed up form for about three months now. Like they've been recruiting for the last two and a half years, but well, actually no, last year and a half, sorry. But right. um, they've got a lot. Of, I mean, they, they, they presumably they don't have to worry about asset creation because they can use all of Turn Ten's assets. It's a tricky one, but you know, UB managed to pump out an Assassins every year, and I know. Yeah, but I know, they, they threw like five hundred <laughs> men at the game. They, they've got a lot of studios. Yeah, I mean, revelations were made with six studios. And Crytek have got Crisis. I mean, I saw Crisis Three running the other day. And I looked through it and went, how the hell did they turn this out in that amount of time? Because mm. it does, I mean, obviously they already had a lot of the jungle assets, street mm. assets, and they've just thrown they've them, just put them, them together. together. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, like, I, I think a lot of middleware, like the new Crytek software is making making games easier because mm. you must Fox Engine is designed to let the create developers focus on creating gameplay and innovation instead of just doing barrel textures and draw, yeah. drawing jungles. So... Yeah. Sequels are going. To, the time period between them is going to get way shorter. As you've mentioned him, are we going to see Kojima at the Microsoft conference? Project Ogre is his big. Uh, Only if um, they announce someone announces next gen hardware. I, I think that whatever that game is, it's not for this generation of consoles, and he, he might appear if someone announces new hardware. 
He might. I think he might. Either Sony or Microsoft will get him to do maybe a Fox Indian demo. But didn't he do Rising for Microsoft? Or... He announced on Microsoft stage. Yeah. Mm. So he, he doesn't. So that know... was the old Rising, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. So he's thought of as a PlayStation guy because that's where he. But I think New Rising is actually a good shout for someone stage. Because it's a big game, big name. I, if we see Kojima, it won't be. Um, it'll be to introduce his uh, his rising team from yeah, Pla- from Platinum. Platinum. Yeah, yeah. Rising's going to be a great game. Yeah, it is going to be a great game. I know. Platinum it's, it's don't make bad a, games. No, it's not going to be a proper Metal Gear game in the sense that it's not going to be stealth. Yeah. It is going to be a great game. It's going to be you know Metal Gear meets Bayonetta. What is not to like about that? We're not going to see new hardware. No. No, big thing. Now, we said in our last issue that we'll be seeing, we, as a, we were hearing from our sources, we would, hear, we would see new software. A week after that issue went out, a very reliable source contacted me and said no. It's, um, he said, like, the words literally came down, like, a few, like, after our issue had gone, that Microsoft were, it was like, no, it's not happening. But that puts Microsoft in an interesting situation because it's kind of like, it's a prisoner's dilemma, you know? Mm. Sony's conferences after theirs... Microsoft can do their entire conference without saying anything about it. Doesn't mean Sony won't. Yeah, I mean, so all, Sony get to show their hands for a second. All Sony need to do is get a load of pre-rendered stuff, wheel it out. You know, they they got caught out by it before, but who cares? If they if they wheel it out after the Microsoft conference and say, "Next generation starts here, folks," and they're Look, both we've got these games. You know, they own they own the next generation. They're They've both in the same news cycle as well. Like yeah. they're both on the same day. Nintendo take the day two. Mm. Sony and Microsoft take day one. So they're both in the same news cycle. Whoever has the bigger show will steal the news. Mm. Well, last time Sony's show was arguably the better one because it had a lot of uh, you know nice moments and stuff. And people had Vita as well. Yeah, and new, had, every, you know, new hardware is always. Exciting. Oh no, sorry. Uh, maybe it's the one before. I'm thinking. Oh well, like Gabe came out. You know, Gabe Newell came out and all that. Oh and, yeah. And so I think a, a good that, conference. That was quite a flat year, wasn't it? They, yeah. they ended on Twisted Metal. Yeah. But oh, then they had you know they had Gabe announcing Steam. They had Kevin Butler's little rousing speech and stuff. Yeah. So I think a good a good conference with a memorable thing at it will help. The, the the focus of you know journalists will shift a lot depending on who they're at a conference. You'll so. read the story in this issue of Xbox World, but we do hear that um, Microsoft might be bringing a piece of hardware mm. to um, E3, An uh, a peripheral, hardware, yeah, yeah, a new peripheral of of sorts. Oh. Um, it's so what that not not a console like a no. not a new no it's some, something something that will plug into the existing oh, Xbox. Okay. Mm. Something very cool. Oh, something, yeah, um, yeah, something incredibly that's, cool. That's like what we hear. One of the, one of these pieces of um, like sci-fi future tech that. Mm-hmm. But it was um, it's, as far as we know, it's, this piece of tech is uh, it's it's. Well, what can we say that it, it's not going to? It sounds interesting. Well, it sounds really interesting, um, if only because it's the kind of well, like Kinect is the kind of hardware that only Microsoft can do. Mm. And it, it would be an intro, it would be kind of a game changer. I think it is probably something they intended to be part of like a next generation console. But if the generation is arriving late and this particular piece of hardware is arriving early, then why not show it now? It might not. We this is something that we you know, we're, we're we're unsure about. But we we know it's if they wanted to show it, they would be they could show it right now. And uh, Valve are going to be there. Um, yeah. The, but is that for Dota? Yeah, well, Gabe has officially said that they're showing off new Counter-Strike, which is out on Xbox, yeah. uh, Dota 2 and PC, and the new uh, big Steam resolution for interface for looking at on TVs and potentially new mm. uh, hardware. But um, I'm excited it, by that. Like, if I can plug my PC into my... Like, the one... I, I use my PC for gaming a lot, but I have to select my game using my mouse and keyboard, yeah. and then I'll play the game with the controller on the TV. 
If you can get an interface, it's entirely controller-driven. That's cool. Yeah, and it's going to be bigger as well to look right on big screens. But I mean, he, they didn't. They said they weren't going to announce uh, anything at the E3 where Gabe turned up and announced Portal Two and, mm -hmm. and Steam. So he he has denied that people would be sending him emails on Reddit, and he's denied up and down that there will be any Half-Life Three there. But they might give us a little nugget. They are there. So if, if, if they announce Half-Life Three, they'll do it on their own terms. I yeah. think. Yeah. Like, in much yeah. the same way Rockstar announced GTA mm. on their own terms if they want to announce Half-Life 3 the way they can do it is they, they've got everyone who's likely to buy Half-Life 3 is already using Steam they mm -hmm. can just announce it say you know what hit Steam at this time on this day yeah, and show you yeah. the first trailer well you know what they you know they might almost literally uh, announce it on their own terms if the rumours that they're going to do like a Steam box just a little box yeah. that sits under your telly and plugs into Steam yeah. if, if they if they're going to announce that they just say, this is the only place you can play Half-Life yeah. 3. Well, there's an interview in the new PC Gamer magazine, our, friend, our friends over there. I've done an interview with Valve with uh, all the big men there, apart from Gabe, mm. who is a big man, but he's not uh, yeah, He's yeah. not not with the big man, with Doug Lombardi and Eric Walpaw, and he, they say that they're not... Gabe's a billionaire. He doesn't get out of bed for, uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> for, for some English journals. He, he's he's, he's going to wait until the uh, the Wall Street Journal calls yeah. out. Yeah, Forbes. Oh, yeah, I'll give you a ring back, mate. Oh, yeah. To be honest, I'm having a lie in this morning. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> on, my, on my enormous bed. Yeah. But no, he, um, these, the guys from Valve said that they, they acknowledged the rumours directly and said that they're not at any time soon. They are looking into hardware, but they're not announcing it but again it could be misdirection but they, they were fairly clear they, that they do things their own way yeah so third party other third party games Razzy what, we, what we're going to see a lot of is third party games on Microsoft stage because yeah. they don't have a great deal of new stuff to announce although I do hear there might be one internal project they're looking at announcing mm -hmm. um, so I think I think EA I think we're probably going to see Dead Space from them aren't we Dead Space yeah. 3 it would make sense to debut that on Microsoft stage. Do you think we'll see more of Insomniac's uh, multi-format debut over Strike? <sighs> um, on Sony stage, yeah, but maybe I, I think because they've, they've gone, they've broken away from they're, Sony. They might they're going to show it on EA, EA's own stage, but yeah. if they wouldn't, I don't mm. think they would show it. I don't think Microsoft. It's not. It's not. It's not a Microsofty game. Whereas yeah. Sony give like state stage space to the weirdest games, like yeah. NBA Two K Twelve. That's huge in America. I know it's huge in America, but they're, they're talking to a they're talking to a global audience. Yeah. It's like um, when Microsoft had the ESPN guys come out. Yeah, you're like, oh, well, it's great. That's something I'm never going to get to enjoy. Yeah. Although I'd like to make a prediction. I have no source on this, no source whatsoever. So another prediction. I invite you guys to make your own crazy predictions. I predict this is the year Microsoft will commit to free to play games. They will announce some kind of deal with maybe League of Legends. Yeah, maybe even Dota. To uh, sort of do some free-to-play gaming now, something that the Xbox can't do right now, and PlayStation really can't do it. They're doing it with Dust. It's one of the first games they're going to be trying it with. No, it wasn't DC Universe. They tried it as well. Yeah, but the, the infrastructure still isn't there. Not not to do it the way it's done on PC. Yeah. And I could see Microsoft taking like the biggest free-to-play game in the world, which I think is like League of Legends. World of Tanks is huge as well. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Even Take Tribes Ascend. Which yeah, is getting you know tens and nines and all kinds of take use. one to, to bring out one of those guys on stage and say and like like last year's Minecraft announcement where we say well you know what we committed to bringing like Minecraft to consoles well now we're bringing free to play the biggest free to play games in the yeah. world to console yeah. that would be a huge coup for Microsoft. They had League of Legends with uh, great controller support and yeah. free to play that would do massive. That'd be massive. I mean, because be, that game is like you like, bigger than WoW. We're all sitting here going like you know we're talking about Halo and stuff. If Halo sold 
if, if Halo had half the players that League of Legends does, it would still be pretty much the biggest game on consoles. Yeah. yeah. Like it would like for Black Ops, forget about it. It wouldn't. It's it's not like if you had a single format game that was as big as League of Legends, it's the biggest game. Twenty seven million players League of Legends has. I mean, what's COD got? Like fifteen million yeah. at best. Like that's another. It, yeah, it's it's pretty pretty huge. That's but another that's thing. A, that's that's reality rewriting gaming. That's that changes everything. While we're on the subject of PC games, Diablo three. I reckon that'll be on its way. Blizzard do things on their own terms. They would they would announce it at BlizzCon. That's on I, May twenty fifth on PC. If there's a console version, it'll be way later. I, th- I I think I think Microsoft would quite like to see themselves shaking hands with Blizzard. That'd be a hell of an announcement if they said May twenty fifth when it's out on PC, it's out on Xbox. They're not going to say that. Imagine that. They're though. not going to say can, that. They can just June. E 3s in June. Oh yeah. <laughs> That doesn't make any sense. All right, well, then go. You're playing Diablo on PC, then you play on your Xbox. I do like it when at those conferences they get up on stage and they go, and this gear download, hot new downloadable games coming right now. Yeah, and right go, now, there's yeah. a little bit of excitement, but they go, yeah. you can download it now. Yeah. Didn't they cool. do that with uh, with Battlefield 1943? Didn't they? Yeah. The, uh, the, We've announced yeah. this other stage where you you can have them now. Yeah, yeah, you did it with Doom as well. And they do it, they, last year they did it with some apps, like the, um, the Kinect apps. Mm. We're going to see a lot of. A lot of apps and a lot of movie lot stuff. Of a media, lot of lot of media times. A lot of in media integration and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, we've got. I mean, what what else is left? We've got the iPlayer. We've got the SkyPlayer. So any 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 sort of big uh, the, the big integration. The big one and it? don't write it off as impossible, but write it off as improbable. It would be iTunes. iTunes. Yeah. yeah. The fact is, PC Windows supports iTunes. Why shouldn't Xbox? Uh, the fact is, the Apple make money off of iTunes when it's even running on competitors' hardware. You used to be able to plug your iPod into the original Xbox and play songs off it, but you can't do that with. You no, know, uh... you still can. Oh, can you? Yeah, you can't can do you? it with an iPhone. Ah, oh, right. You can do it with um, any standard iPod. Yeah. But it doesn't have the drivers for iPhone. Oh, okay. You can't read uh, the the music off yeah. of iPhone. Where if you had an iTunes app, maybe it could. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. We're missing anyone else. Uh, maybe Castlevania 2 is going to be there oh, yeah Lords of Shadow it won't be on anyone's stage or anything. that'll, that'll be on Konami's stage, stage yeah Konami will want to announce that themselves Konami be often do a conference a week before the show mm-hmm. whether they'll do that this year I don't know but Infinity uh, was it uh, Respawn Software yeah. Yeah. not until next year <laughs> that'll be next year that's next gen possibly as well yeah. isn't it yeah. it's, it's all exciting times what we will do is we will do a special Stormcast before Mike Mike is going to E3 for Xbox World this year oh. it's going to <laughs> dreading it C- cover the cover the shit out I really am dreading first. it as well we're, we'll do a strong cast before Mike leaves force him to make loads of really it. awkward predictions and then berate him for them when none of them come true well Matt Castle's made a hell of a prediction what's that so Matt Castle has predicted that uh, at E3 Microsoft will not be changing the name of the Wii U there's this rumour going around that Microsoft that Nintendo are going to change the name of Wii U mm. call it the Nintendo U something like that and he says no way. He says this is definitely not happening. He says it's, it's a fabricated rumour. It's not going to happen. And if they do, he's going to change his name to whatever Nintendo changed the name of the console to. <laughs> this, is, this is something he's put in print. It's going to be in the next issue of, of Nintendo Gamer. And if it happens, he's Tim, and, Tim Weaver and I are going <clears> to <throat> walk with him to the office where you get your na- wherever it is, the council office, wherever it is, yeah. and we are going to get his name legally changed to Nintendo U Castle <laughs> or whatever it is. We'll print it in the mag, put it up online. 
that's that's putting your money where your mouth is. Like that it? woman in the US who named it, renamed herself McRib to get a yeah. free lifetime oh. supply of McRibs. Didn't, well, when there's a little kid born the day that Skyrim came out and they called her um, Dovahkiin. Yeah. yeah, that gave them. But Bethesda says before it came out, if you name your child Dovahkiin, you get free Bethesda games for, for life. Ever, yeah. yeah, for the rest of your so, life. Yeah, and then, really, and then really there was the man life. who changed his name to Chirok. Oh. Yeah, that clown. <laughs> Listen, I, well, I'm going to invite. That really worked out, didn't it? <laughs> we're going to play a similarly high stakes game, not not quite that high, of uh, <laughs> with E3. I'm going to invite you guys right now to come up with your own predictions for E3. My wild prediction is that there's going to be free to play games. Come up with something, and when we do that E3 podcast, mm-hmm. we'll sit here and we'll all make one prediction. And we'll also play buzzword bingo. We'll pick uh, pick a few buzzwords we expect to hear at the show. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And we'll uh, we'll see who who comes out on top. And I'm, I'm taking game. integration right now. No, I can't do that. That's not those aren't the rules of the game. Yeah. No. So exciting times. E3. You'll well, hear more about that in a forthcoming strongcast. Mm. For now, we're going to round things off because we've been talking quite a while with some of your reader questions. Uh, biggest response to the reader questions ever this time around. May have something to do with the fact that we have missed uh, a strong cast yeah, slot. Sorry, we readers. haven't strong casted um, for a while. The reason for that is that I was in Rome, you went to Rome. seeing Resident Evil. Uh, Dan went to Greece. Yeah, Dan went to Greece. I went to Spain. Then I had a holday in Barcelona. Then there was, bank East, there was Easter, well. bank holidays. And we actually made a magazine in that time as well. Tell you what, Rome's shite. <sighs> yeah, you didn't like Rome, did you? It's rubbish. It's rubbish. It's just, it's just really, really smelly. It's dirty it's full and, of scooters. and and noisy. Yeah. Um, in a way, like even in a way, even London isn't. It's uh, a city that was never designed to handle that volume of traffic. Uh, London wasn't either, but somehow it's coped. Like Rome does not cope. It's because of all those narrow, curvy ass Roman roads. Yeah. It's like it's, the same in Bath. The Romans built the Rome has roads just, here as it's well. Just, it's just built up from from the ancient city. They just built on top of it. Yeah. And yeah. you know, there's been no planning. Not- and they didn't knock anything down because these are relics of historical importance. You know, yeah. they're, they're amazing sites. You can't knock it down. You can't just bulldoze a road for the no, Colosseum. You, you just walk around a corner and oh look, there's another ruin. Yeah. It's pretty, pretty it's amazing. Just you know, like the whole of uh, you know, the, the fact that that tiny little city, relatively kicked so much ass yeah. in ancient history yeah. but you know they, they weren't so good at road planning well so. I mean look, look at the British Empire well you know what the Romans built their roads long and straight but in, see, actually in the cities they just grew naturally you know they, they, they just threw a bunch of monopoly houses at a map and went there you go right there then they drank the, the water out of those lead lined pipes and all went mad yeah Barcelona was great then good yeah, Barcelona was really good. Don't write Rome. Don't bother going to Rome, readers. It's not very really good. <laughs> get, get your ass to Barcelona. That's, that's Rome talk. Seriously, yeah. if you've like, just look at a photo of Colosseum on YouTube. Oh, I'll video play on YouTube. Yeah, yeah it's because like when you go, when you go there, it. it's just spoiled by yeah. the noise of traffic, the stink of traffic, and all the goddamn people. Yeah. There's so many people. So many, so many like school parties. And I'm not talking like about like there's groups. a lot of Italian people. There is, but they see the Italian people in Rome seem to be greatly outnumbered by the tourists. Bumbling tourists. Yeah, the coliseums are just a giant toilet bowl into which the French shit their unruliest children. <laughs> the unruliest children in France arrive thirty at a yeah. time. Or wearing uh, baseball caps and running amok. Yeah, yeah. running wild. We're, the wearing their backpacks with both straps. Yeah. yeah. That's how they do it. So, read the questions then. <laughs> the first one is from David Green. David Green says, lots of RPGs out or incoming. Wh- what do you, each of you prefer and why? Blank slate, 
Skyrim style avatar or strongly written Witcher like character to spend 40 plus hours it's a good with? Question. Mm, it's a good question. Because we, uh, yeah, it's quite pertinent because in the new issue we have reviews of both The Witcher and Dragon's Dogma. Yeah, and, and uh, Witcher gives you, like he says, they're a, a, a character, a defined character, and Dragon's Dogma, you build your character. He is a blank slate. Like mm. uh, He's even more of a blank slate than. Uh, because Dov- Dovahkiin's got like a little bit of history, but mm-hmm. Dragon's Dogma guy's like a nobody. Um, What's yeah, well, I I kind of like the blank. I like a blank slate video game character. I like to I like the world and the characters you interact with to be really rich and fleshed out. But I like being a ever since you know GTA, where you're the silent protagonist. GTA Three. I like that. I like being a, an avatar to whom I put my personality into. You're a joke of a personality. <laughs> See, I, I was channeling Tim Weaver at that point. That's, that's, that's what Weaver would. He was saying, "And your joke personality." Yeah. So what you you uh, you like a defined? Uh, oh like- no, I just want to create my own guy. Yeah, yeah. I would I would have agreed with you about forty hours ago when I went into Skyrim, but last night I, I I sort of I've been playing it for 120 hours. I've lost all sense of who my character is supposed to be anymore. Yeah. And I did one of the Daedric quests, that one where you have to take the follower up to that yeah. altar. And sacrifice to, them to see Mariners Dagon or whatever. Yeah, you know, I took that guy Gisargo, you know, from Gisargo. the yeah, from the from the major skill. Because I think, <laughs> Hello, he's, let's face it, I think he's a bit of a prick. He tried to kill me during one of his little quests. <laughs> yeah. So I thought, you know, you, you're going, buddy. And I didn't do it right the first time because I, I forgot that you needed you need to get him to activate the little pillar. So I just maneuvered him onto the thing, got an axe out, and chopped his head off. <laughs> and Instead of feeling all emotionally cut up about it, because, you know, I've been playing my character as quite a nice guy. Yeah. Instead of being all emotionally cut up about it, I thought, bloody hell, I'm going to have to reload it now. I'm going to have to sit here and wait for it to load, and I'm going to have to get him back on the altar. And now I'm going to have to get him to do it properly. I'm going to have to kill him again, for God's sake. And I just thought, what have I become? You know, I'm, yeah. I'm more, more annoyed and more emotionally sort of well, you, you've cut got... up by the fact that I have to make the game load again. Than the fact that I'm sacrificing one character permanently. That's because you're not role playing it. See, if you're playing Skyrim with a blank, you've got to do a but, bit of extra work for a character like that. Where you you don't you, you see a mission on your quest log and mm. you go, well, I better do that because it's on my quest log. But if you're really mm. role playing it, you go, my character would never uh, f- form a pact with the god, the Daedric God of Destruction. Oh. You just don't do it, even though it betrays everything you know as a gamer to do every quest. I just want to. You've got to Skyrim. That's the thing. You've got to not do things. You've I've got gone to, to that stage like, as if they were real. I ju- I'm just there consuming Skyrim. That's it. I just, you know, that, that's what I do. So <laughs> I, I do, I do find myself longing for like a Geralt from The Witcher. I just, just, re- you know, just, just for now, I want to sit back for forty hours and be told, "Yeah, that's who I am." Yeah, oh, fair enough. I'm going to shag does, through this bunch of wenches and kill this guy. And it takes effort to be a, a blank slate because you've got to, to make it. It does for such a prolonged period. Yeah. I think. Yeah. Yeah, there is. I mean, space for. For both, I mean, what, what you're all about the, the blank cipher. As yeah, well. I just want to make my own character yeah. in, in every game. Good, good question though. And the, really the way question. you respond to dialogue trees as well in Skyrim, you've got to keep it consistent throughout the whole game. Otherwise, you're like you're betraying. As long your as you're sticking to your own, like, you t- like when I play games, I kind of stick to my own moral code. Yeah. Mm. Which is, I gotta say, which is barren. Well, <laughs> not yeah, completely, <laughs> completely absent, no <laughs> conscience whatsoever. I've got a devil on both shoulders. <laughs> Now, to be fair, it's kind of like, it's what I would call liberal authoritarian, which is to say, like, most of the time I go through the world kind of as a bit of a tree hugger. Yeah. But every, like, I've been playing Red Dead recently, um, which is a really good game and actually fits into this because, like, John Marston's a very clearly defined character, like, who he yeah. is. Although he's a bit erratic. Every now and again, he'll just flip out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm going through this world and 
there was this like there's a cannibal who's like terrorizing people and he's caused people a lot of pain so I kind of like I hunted this guy down you're like okay you just gotta bring this guy down it's like it's not enough just to shoot this guy so I, I just slung him on, so I roped him up slung him on the back of a horse and left him in front of a train you're, you're so, chaotic good yeah to use the old D&D alignments you're yeah, definitely chaotic good definitely so I'm, I'm like I'm like my my I've definitely judged jury and executioner you know <laughs> It's, uh, it, I, I want to play as this kind of character who goes around help. I mean, he, my character, my John Marston, goes around helping people. He does nice things, collects flowers for an old man. You know, yeah. he's, mm. he's that guy. He's also the guy who... Well, have you who, finished that quest, by the way? Yeah, I finished it. <laughs> he's also the guy... I don't know, I kind of, got, kind of bummed me out, actually. I actually want, <laughs> I wanted a nice, something nice in that world. <laughs> nah, so um, I kind of... I go around the world doing nice things for people, and, and then... Someone will rob me. The, the woman at the side of the road will be like, "Help, Mister, uh, help!" Yeah, yeah. And you go over, and and she'll get ambushed by the thieves or whatever. So I gun those down. Lasso the chicken, drag her behind a horse. <laughs> I always her, let her go. No, I always drag her behind a <laughs> no. horse. She's she's like she's um the, she's running a gang. But she always me. goes, "No, they forced me to do it." No, Bullshit! I, 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 I don't believe it. <laughs> drag her behind a horse. My horse leave is her on a railway track. Tie her up. Throw her off a cliff. Or if you've if you've got the time and patience, get on to carry them onto a train, throw them off a moving train as it, go, as it goes over a bridge. Do you I've know? done that for for all the passengers yeah. off. Yeah, one at a time. You've got to catch it at a point when you're on a bridge. Or get time it right, shoot the driver. He drops. The train grinds to a halt on a bridge. No one can jump out because they can't. <laughs> stay there on a bridge, so they all they all try to head to the back of the train. That means they're running towards you. Kneecap. Lasso, <laughs> one at a time, dump them over yeah. the edge. And then, then John Marston goes back to, uh, you know, being collecting the flowers. Mood. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, what, you know what you can do. You know, if you if you really want to be a bastard in that game, you tie someone up, put them on the back of your horse, so keep them alive. Just take them to a little spot where you know there's like a, a wild cat or something like that. <laughs> oh, and then just untie them in a bear cave. Just dump yeah. them. In the, I mean, you get to the last area at the very top of the map where there's bears and stuff. Mm -hmm. Just yeah. drop throw them in the cave. Just feed the bears yeah. and run away. <laughs> You've got to untie them, otherwise the animals don't attack them. Oh, really? But that's a know, good. They do try and run away, which is good. That's a shame that you have to untie them because it'd be funnier if they could just leave the body there and just sort of sit there and light a cigarette and wait. <laughs> yeah. Have you ever done that thing as well? I did it by accident, and it's pretty mean. It's you um you you're shooting at someone and you sort of you know you your aim's sort of going all over the place as they as they go past mm -hmm. and you shoot your own horse. Oh, yeah. the, 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 the really euphoria physics really proved their value when you put a bullet in the back of your horse's head at full speed mm -hmm. and yeah. you, you two of you tumble together. Amazing. We used euphoria to do that on, is incredible. On line where we, we'd all get in a line, like eight of us, and run in a straight <laughs> line like in, in the middle of one of the planes and we'd all shoot horses at the same time. <laughs> and you just see everyone going. Doo, 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 doo. That was a great multiplayer. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, Red Dead. Still anyway, <laughs> um, this is uh, this is one that isn't strictly about games. Uh, Jimmy Sid Parrot asks, "What's the most interesting interview you've ever done?" In the sense that either the person you were interviewing was just really interesting, or something else happened in the background. Easy, Warren Spector. Yep. Both, both times we've interviewed him, we got him. We're actually going to be interviewing him. In, we're actually going to have the interview featured. Sorry, in our uh, issue on shelves in late May. It's an amazing interview, and he's brilliant. Even when he's talking about Mickey Mouse, he's brilliant. Right, well, mine's is not. I've, I've interviewed plenty of interesting guys, but I'll, I'll talk about a little amusing thing that happened when I was interviewing the great Ken Levine or Bioshock fame. Um, did he tell you about all the books he's read? <laughs> yeah, yeah, he did. He did actually talk at length about yeah. Dude loves to read. He does love to read. But, um, I was doing the interview because it was US time, so I had to stay back after everyone had left the office. So I was in, in there uh, 
about six o'clock and I was interviewing him. He just woken up and in the, the interview was great and it was, you know, it went in the magazine, it was fine. But um, about a quarter of the way through, one of the cleaners just started hoovering. Right, so it was like you know, distracting me. You know, hey, what's what's going on there? So when you were calling on the phone, right? <laughs> yeah, I remember yeah. this night. Yeah, yeah but then uh, that was fine, right? I just sort of like signaled and went to the clinic. Can you turn it off? I'm just doing an interview, and they were like, fine. Then uh, the fire alarm went off. Yeah, yeah. So for, and I I I couldn't get. There's no way of getting it turned off. For, and I still had like 20 minutes left. So uh, for the last 20 minutes of the interview, I was trying to hear him on a crackly line from America, whilst it went. Wee, wee, and the, the, when I was transcribing it, it was like I, was, I couldn't I could barely hear it. And he was like, "Hey, uh, yeah, what's going on there?" And I was like, "Oh, fire alarm." He was worried about your safety, right? <laughs> no, he said, um, "Do you want to like leave?" And I was like, "No, no, no, it's absolutely fine. It's fine. It's just a drill," which it was. Mm. And um, yeah, but that was embarrassing because you know he's one of my favorite game dudes. I've been wanting to talk to him forever. And it was a really big interview and important. It was like a magazine feature or whatever. And it was like, "Hey, fire alarm in a Hoover, distract, destroying the the calm." Yeah. The thing, what makes a really great interview is it's like guys who just run with questions and follow mm. you on flights of fancy and yeah. just really, really involve themselves and think about things. Warren Spector does that. Ken Levine does that. Mm. Both those guys are great interviews, and both of them Tim are great. Schaefer. Tim Schafer. Yeah, like Schaefer. a lot of these guys came from the same school, you know, it's for PC gaming. Uh, Japanese developers are rarely good interviews, uh, mostly down to the translation barrier. Yeah. And Sometimes you you field a question for the interpreter. And it, the answer will come back as answering another question, but yeah. it's too awkward to yeah. say, can you... The subtleties of English. But also, also the big problem with Japanese developers is that in Japan, if you're, um, if you're the big man, if you're the boss, you don't need to test a lot. Yeah. Mm. When, you're, when you're running the show, which of course that's who you're going to want to speak to, the guys run, running the show, you don't talk. You just speak softly and people do exactly what you say when you speak. Yeah. And you don't have to explain yourself. You don't explain anything you're doing. So, of course, good interviews, you need explanation. You yeah. need. Mm. And the funny <clears> thing is, in recent years, Japanese developers have really shifted much more towards the Western style. You interview Yoshinori Ono, you interview um, Toshihiro Nagoshi, which people, of course, will have read in mm. Xbox World quite recently. They're really talkative guys, and the guys rising to the top of the Japanese games industry now are the guys who have really embraced the Western way of doing things. Yeah. How about you, Andy? I think the most... The most high-profile interview I've done was with Kojima, and he did a good interview with me. And you know, it was, obviously he's got he's got the best translator, and I think he knows he knows like if if the, if the translator mistranslates something, he's in trouble because you don't you don't you don't mess with Kojima if mm. you're on Kojima's staff. I think the most the most interesting talkative man I've ever interviewed was the head of Starbreeze, Mikkel Nurmark. He was, you know, he just. He had a PR in the room looking at him all the time, but he just talked, you know. He, he talked to you like a human being. He didn't try and talk to you like a press release. Mm -hmm. Like a lot of American yeah. devs under with under a lot of PR pressure. Definitely, them. yeah. But uh, I was going to say, like speaking of the more low-key guys who... Mm. It's like they're not names you'd recognise, but all of the guys who worked on Red Faction Armageddon were yeah. so, so happy to be talking about their game really excited about their game I mean the game really didn't work out for them in the end mm. but they really could, it was a game they enjoyed making yeah, yeah. they were so excited about the physics the way they're, the, they they really believe in their tech and they told interesting stories and it was it made for a great feature in the magazine even if the game ultimately wasn't a great game I don't, I don't think there's any, been anything particularly unusual has happened to me during an interview um, one, one, one of the worst Shit one self. of the worst moments <laughs> <laughs> One of the worst moments during um, during an interview I did, it didn't come from me, it was like in a, a group group interview and was in with a few European journalists. And uh, it was it was when, when they were talking about Bayonetta at Gamescom. Mm -hmm. 
and um, well, the guy demoing it, he was obviously really tired because he'd come over from Japan. I can't remember who it was. It wasn't it wasn't Camille. It was someone else. And uh, he was demoing it, and he said, "Oh well, you know, we we, we with, with all the weapons changing because they were talking about Kilgore and things like mm -hmm. that. With all the weapon changes, we don't know how many combos there are in the game." Oh, I know. He, know he finished on that. I know what the question is. The first question was, uh, "How many combos are there in the uh, game?" How many combos? <laughs> that's, that's the thing people uh, listeners might not get, but there is a sort of a thing that when you're at press events, there is a thing European journalists are known for asking. Really, questions. Yeah, weird questions of really que questions about numbers. They love like how many of this, how many of that. And there's no secret this. You often hear games journalists talking about it between themselves on Twitter. Yeah. So if you follow enough games journalists, you'll be privy to this conversation. Uh, one guy asked, um, compared to the characters in the cutscenes and the characters in the in game, what's the difference in the amount of polygons? Oh come on! I've, went, got, I've yeah. got a good one for you. <laughs> we uh, we flew all the way over to Japan to see the unveiling of Vanquish. We got, um, we was, this was the world premiere of Vanquish. No yeah. one else had seen it. It, it, was, we, it was announced at this event. It was in this round, round table interview with Mikami, like Shinji Mikami, the, the man who, you know, basically rebuilt Resi 4. You know, he was on Devil May Cry. He's made some incredible games. This was his, this was his new game. And the first question was, how are you? <laughs> that was that man's question. Because we were taking it in turns. We had three questions each. There was four of us in the interview. He had three questions. One of his questions was, how are you? And we, he said, I'm fine, I'm really tired. Brilliant. Nice we, one. We try to avoid roundtable interviews, but often you're forced into it. It's because events like E3 and so on, the only way they're going to co cover all the journals in the world is to do roundtables. And recently I was in, as I said, I was in Rome doing this, uh, it was a European event, so there was a lot of Euro journals there, and I was, I believe, one of only like two journals in the UK to actually have access to, and let's be clear here, the executive producer on Resident Evil 6, the producer on Resident Evil 6, and the lead designer on Resident Evil 6, so these are like the three big men. Can't get bigger. You no. can't, you don't, you don't get bigger, it's, the, it's one of the biggest games in the world, and these are the three big men on it. Uh, first question was, um, uh, it's, it's interesting that Chris and Leon are together in this game for the first time. Um, will, you, will they be starring in any games together in the future? Do you think? Yeah, Resident yeah. Evil Six, mate. Yeah, yeah. That, that's it. Yeah, a lot of. Uh, well, it's <coughs> funny you should mention it because we've got Resident Evil Seven. It's knocking, <laughs> yeah. knocking the line back. Here it in. is. You get that a lot of people wasting time asking questions that they'll never answer. Like, hey, can you talk about the DLC? No, because the yeah, publisher that, will talk about it. You know, yeah, that's that's, that's, a, that's a bullshit you. question. Um, and also, any question that a PR man can answer is bullshit. Like, uh, just how many levels has it got? Ask yeah. a PR man. A PR get the man, fact get, sheet. Yeah, yeah, get the yeah. fact sheet. Um, uh, the question I asked them because you, you, when, this is a little insight into interviewing people well, in general, I think. But uh, if you ever you uh, you uh, readers get into this business, this might help. You often have to trick people into answering questions. Mm -hmm. If you say to the guys in Resident Evil, making Resident Evil Six. Tell me about some of the rad moments that happened later in the game. They're going to go, no. Yeah. They're going to say they're going to do their best to willy whiffle around and answer, give you an answer question. They'll say, oh, that was going to be some great action. <laughs> There's going to be some really good scares. It's not going to give you anything good. So the question I, I, I asked, my loaded question was, what are your favourite moments from the Resident Evil series, and how have you referenced them in this game? So they can yeah. talk about specifics. They can talk about, oh, I love the way, um, you know, Leon is. Well, one of them actually said, I love the way Leon's always like manipulated by women. And in this game, he will find himself like once again being manipulated by yeah. a bunch of different women, all pulling him in different directions. Mm. One of the other guys said, 
well, for me, it's Resident Evil has always been like about the cutscenes. It's always been about these um, incredible scenes which really set the place, reset really the story, reset really these great characters. You're like, really great yeah. characters. But he's talking. He said, and let me tell you, like in Resident Evil, we the new one. It's got my favorite cutscene in any Resident Evil ever. And I can't tell you what it is, but it's and he's got, you know you start getting little nuggets that you wouldn't yeah. otherwise have gone. <clears throat> which is, I think, was a better question than. Uh, then, um, so you're going to get to play Sherry in this game. How will she fight? Which was one of the other questions I got. How many polygons are in Leon's fringe? Does it have physics? Yeah. I bet you didn't find out how many polygons are in his fringe, though, did you? I like the Eurojournos. I always do. I know, but, I, yeah, we'll just be broadly and, and they, 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 often, they often ask good questions. We should say yeah. they do often ask good questions. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, not, a, it's not like we're painting the whole with the same yeah. brush. It's a stereotype, but it, you know, like, also, like a lot of stereotypes, there's yeah. a little grain of truth. There's there. always one, is the thing. Yeah. But then, to be honest, <laughs> if you get to a, you go to a UK event, there's always one UK journo as well. Yeah, but UK journos ask dumb questions It's as just well. funnier to put on the accent. Yeah. The sort of general, random <laughs> European accent and do the impression how many polygons are in two revolvers <laughs> uh, yeah that was that, that was a good question though yeah it was a good question mm. um, which do you think is shaping up better asks Jez Potter MGS Revengeance or the new Devil May Cry and will either of them hold a torch to Bayonetta 2 well we've played Devil May Cry um, I've played Devil May Cry I can tell you it's a really good game uh, it's actually got, got like a decent bit of depth to it these decent depth of the combat system. It's not as complex as Bayonetta, but then there was, it was never going to be. We haven't played Revengeance, so no. yeah, it's hard to call it now. Mm-hmm. But Platinum don't make bad games. No, it's odd because Platinum we assume are making Bayonetta too. Are they? Are they making it? I mean, the, commercially, it wasn't. It wasn't huge. Kamaya's team is making something. God, I hope they are. I just just hope they are. Sorry, we like we can't really answer that although yeah. uh, for my money chopping anything in half is always going to be fun yeah. a game where you can chop bits off people is the business <laughs> Jason Toon asks Battle of the Splinter Cells which style do you think was better the original stealth system or the action unstoppable badass system as he calls it I think that's what was, what Ubisoft called it their, <laughs> yeah. their action unstoppable badass engine well, maybe I'm just being a nostal- nostalgic bore but I, I do pre- I did prefer the original uh, I, I've played the new one Conviction but I did prefer uh, hanging hanging off pipes and using the old, you know the using uh, gadgets and I know that had, had that stuff but I I didn't really like all the breaching and all the the slickness of the new one I preferred the sort of more uh, slow paced uh, hardcore stealth of the originals one itself. Now I'll, I'm going to set set Mike up to talk about splitting the cell multiplayer a little bit, but I'll say that I like a bit of both and it's sitting on the fence so badly. I like I like convince I like I liked convictions a grip convictions aggressive stealth I thought it was more fun than the original like stealth because if you played um, uh, what was the one before that Chaos Theory uh, no 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 Double the, Agent oh Double, Double Agent, Agent yeah. Yeah. it felt really rusty yeah that was also made by Yubi Shanghai though and they, but they did Pandora tomorrow which wasn't so good for the multiplayer I'd much rather play the original multiplayer than the oh, new yeah. co-op I mean that's there's no doubt about that um, I really like Conviction um, which is all, it's kind of seen as heresy because I know I'm like the sort of the stealth guy on the mag. But a lot of our readers would automatically assume I'd like Chaos Theory above all the others. Um, no, I actually think Conviction is really great. I think uh, Chaos Theory is quite a hard game to play right now, um, in part because the controls are really goofy because you know, we got quite good at controlling games this generation. Mm. And Chaos Theory is an old game at this point. 
Um, there's a lot of redundant gadgets and stuff in Chaos Theory, stuff you never really, doesn't really have much value, and whereas in Conviction, everything kind of exists for a reason. It's a very mm. tight game. Mm. Uh, that said, Chaos Theory is still probably my favourite game from that generation of consoles, and I think the best game exists somewhere between the two. I think yeah. the new Splinter Cell, they back themselves into a corner, they have to turn around the game real fast, and they know it. When I interviewed the guys after we did a making of Splinter Cell in Xbox World, in, in, oh, in classic Xbox World, and the guys who made it, um, Pat Redding and uh, Maxime Belland, both said, you know, there's a lot of stuff we're not happy about in this game. Little things like you can't pick up bodies and hide them. So we wanted to be able to do that. But because we couldn't have time to build that system, we had to design the levels around that. So you're never in a situation where like guards might find bodies. So that removes like a tactical layer from the game. The way you walk through the game as well isn't wasn't to their liking. They wanted to have a system where the more you move the stick, the faster you move. Instead, they had to go for the binary system mm. because they didn't have time to build the animation systems for it. There's lots they're not happy with, and I think, and I hope, the next Splinter Cell will be kind of a hybrid of the two. Uh, a game that you can play slow and stealthy, but with these sudden bursts of action. Yeah. And a game where you can play it really you know, tactically, like you could Chaos Theory. I think the accessibility of Conviction and the complexity of Chaos Theory aren't necessarily, necessarily mutually exclusive. And I guarantee you, if they don't do it, the guys making Thief 4 will. Yeah. Mm. Like the guys Idos Montreal, they'll, they'll do it. Yeah. Make, make, make no mistake. DSX had that. Yeah. There were moments of little pockets of action if you wanted and well the amount of respect that human revolution has for classic deus ex yeah is, a, is the same level of respect i'm expecting thief to have for thief 3 deadly shadows I mean, De- deus ex human revolution that's weird that it's not it's not been out for that long but i look upon it as fondly as i do some really old retro games yeah like it was just a special it's got an moment. old-fashioned vibe to it but with yeah. like modern accessibility it's a great game it's a great game and that i think the, i think a hybrid exists in between the two and the thing I really hope is that that's what's going to happen with the next game is that you get something that's a mix of both but also they bring back as you said Splinter Cell multiplayer you classic will, spies versus mercs multiplayer you will find out soon Splinter yeah. Cell's going to be at E3 Splinter Cell will be at E3 and Jade I'm, Raymond's already told us it's going to be there well, exactly that's no that's no rumour that's mm. that's true facts Ubisoft Toronto and making it I'll be surprised if uh, it's not an Xbox exclusive mm. yeah because I think Microsoft like Sam, they like it as exclusive on their format, and it makes it pretty much one of the only third-party exclusives left, which is a, a weird thing. Last one from Jack Pace. Jack Pace says, "What game would you go back and change the score of from being really high to really low, or I guess the other way around? Because otherwise, it's- Burnout Paradise. Yeah, I gave Burnout Paradise say um, a ninety-one. I think I'd knock, I'd knock that down." I wouldn't halve it, but I'd knock it down. Because um, at the time, I really enjoyed just blazing through the world at high speed. It's great. It's really fun. And then you you start taking it online, and you start understanding the complexities of the game more, and you realize, well, every turn in this game is a right angle, which isn't good for drifting around. And at the start of every race, everyone heads off in a different direction, mm-hmm. and you will meet at the finish line, which isn't a really fun way to race. The best navigator wins, not the fastest driver. I'd, I'd, I'd knock that down. What about you, Andy? Um, there's there's a few games, and there's nothing as dramatic as going from like a really low to a high score, but I, I remember giving the original Dead Space an 8 because it came out of nowhere, and I wasn't sure if it was as good as I thought it was, but I've re- replayed it recently, 
and I think I should have given it a nine. And well, sorry, I'll, was this a question? What did you bump up or bump down? But bump either down. way, oh, bump okay. down. He says. But in a uh, uh, Deus Ex, as we just talked about there, I gave that an eight. Oh, you're a mug. I know, and now I've replayed it like four times, and it's one of my favourite ever games. So I wish I'd given that a nine. But that, I mean, usually it's only about about one point that I regret stuff. I'm usually fairly happy with the scores I give. How are you? Sits mm. so, so agonising over it. Oh God! <laughs> even even though I gave D- Dead Island a big score, I just, uh, 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 well, no, I didn't give it a big score. I gave it six. I'd still probably knock it down. I hated it. Yeah, <laughs> um, I, I didn't. Home, leave... Homefront I reviewed as well for uh, for PSM. I gave it an eight. I would have knocked that down to a seven at least, mm-hmm. if not if not less. It's just so short. I finished. I finished it. I played it for four hours. Finished it and said, "Is that it?" Couldn't believe it, um, but the multiplayer was was good at the time. But now it's rubbish. I I didn't review it, but if I could take any score on Xbox World history and bump it up, it would be COD Four. COD Four got a ninety in Xbox World. I think it was a. I think it deserved better than that. I think COD Four was a really really special game. Mm. It could have gone a little higher. I think trouble with review scores is they're always subject to inflation. Yeah. Like you know, like, what was a ninety five years ago isn't a ninety today. Yeah. It's yeah. it's it's always tough. But like for me, Burnout Paradise was a game. Like within weeks of release, I was like, you know, this is. I'm not sure. I can I can stick to that score. Uh, Hot Pursuit, on the other hand, I still think is absolutely the business. Really like Hot Pursuit. That's the one with all the cop cars and everything. Yeah, yeah that's really good. Great. It's a strong yeah. game. Strong yeah. game. So that's the end of the strong cast. No, it's not. Is it not? Because next week we have a new issue of the mag out. Ah. Um, uh, and it's filled with good Delights. stuff. Delights. So if you'll bear with us, readers, we'll like to tell you about some of the things that's in the new issue. Now, subscribers might even be receiving it the very day you listen to this podcast. So, so corporate. Well, it's, got a, it's got a, hand, a uh, hands-on, hands-on with Borderlands too. Oh, hands-on with Borderlands. Soon a wicked piece that, of Borderlands art. Look at that. That, that yours truly wrote. I, I, it was my hands that were on. Yeah. And uh, you can hear about... Uh, why it's potentially Gearbox's first mm. absolutely killer game. Hands on Halo, hands, hands on, on with aliens. Colonial Marines. Yeah. That's yours as well. No, it wasn't mine. Wasn't yours? No. Would you say that Aliens might be their first absolute uh, killer game? <laughs> <laughs> no comment. Hands on Max Payne 3. Hands on Devil May Cry. There's a lot of hands There's a on. lot of oh, It's Max Payne man. multiplayer as well, if you're interested in that. Just hands all it's over. A little bit of just, oh, her hands are a busy L- hands. A little bit of both, yeah, yeah. Just all over, ravishing. Oh, yeah, Crisis has Crisis. Crisis eyes on. Yeah. We've seen it running. Yep, yep. And yep. Yeah, same with Epic Mickey 2. Now, I know a lot of you at home are sitting there going, Epic Mickey 2. <laughs> Sneering at Epic Mickey 2. Imagine if you made Super Mario 64 with Deus Ex choices and consequence. That's Epic Mickey. Epic Mickey 2 is going to be badass. Epic, Epic Mickey 2 is going to be a great game. It's a game where, you know, you play Mickey and Oswald, these two characters working together, Oswald the Rabbit, who you get to hear will tell you all about the story of Oswald in a couple of issues' time in the interview with Warren Spector. Um, but he's predates Mickey, and now the two of them are teaming up in this game, in a, a game where, you know, choice actually matters, and you can rewrite the world in your image as Mickey Mouse. From the man behind Deus Ex. Unbelievable, right? Yeah. Like that's it's a game, it's a project he picked himself. Imagine if someone came to you tomorrow and says, Listen, we're gonna give you the keys to the most famous character in the yeah. world, and you can drive it wherever you want, which is exactly what Disney did. Save save some surprises. Do do talk about the movie posters though. Oh man, we're Absolutely get to that in a talk about the movie posters. Not gonna flick through obviously the whole issue and do everyone at once, but we've got 
the most insane achievements yeah it's possible to collect on xbox yeah and they some of them insane. like the, the very idea I, I read i read that feature and i looked at them and went i would never even if i tried my hardest I could never get some of them or mm. find a time to get some of them the feature you want to look at this month though mm. the feature we're expecting this people really excited is um our feature on the move the game movies that are mm. not coming soon yeah a lot of them have been like, mooted a lot of them have been shopped around hollywood and all of them just keep on sticking yeah. and yeah you know there's a there's an interesting story in that and we've told that story but what we did is we went to a bunch of very talented artists at uh, the local university and they they created these movies. They brought these movies to life as mm. movie posters. So this is your first, maybe only if it never happens, chance to see Olivia Wilde starring as Lara Croft in Tomb Raider. <laughs> this is a chance to see Mass Effect live <laughs> on the big screen long, long, long before it's ever likely to happen, if it happens at all. Assassin's Creed. Yeah. These are movie posters that they look the business, man. They, they, uh, they, look, they look incredible. This is um, an art project you, you I, are, it, I hope our readers really get behind because it's it, amazing. It's not, you know, you think, oh, yeah, movies and games. Yeah, I've read that before. You, you might have read some of it before. You haven't seen anything like this before. Honestly, you, you are going to love it. It's a and, treat. Um, Witcher's two, Witcher 2 figures head table Dragon's Dogma. Yeah, yeah, he's in there. Right, Dragon's Dogma reviewed by me. Yes. So enjoy that. You got that one in. And, and The Witcher reviewed by uh, Xbox World uh, regular and veteran and orange man Rob Taylor <laughs> uh, man we will try and get on the podcast yes, we'll we we'll try yeah. and bring him as a special guest because uh, a podcast without Taylor is well it's alright I mean it's, <laughs> it's pretty, it gets on fine just without him but he insists on being called Rob of uh, Rivera now though yeah yeah well he has for like the last year he's a <laughs> PC snob he? but he did play the Xbox version so it's an amazing port yeah. a truly yeah. amazing port so that mag is out on the 2nd of May yeah. subscribers will get it earlier with a fancy cover yeah fancy old cover so yeah until uh, until next time don't forget hit us up on twitter at xbox world mag on facebook and until then we'll see you later goodbye bye <laughs>